fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. You know, get pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Put it in deep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you guys know what that music means. Pucks in deep podcast returns to the airwaves tonight. Episode 84. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko, we're here in a slightly revamped garage amidst a tornado warning. Scary. But we're here. We might lose power. And, you know, oh, that's I the hope case. not. I have no idea what, what that would result in for us. Like, I mean, headaches for you mostly because you do the production. So Yes, yes, I do. And uh, thank you for pointing that out. Where's our, you, you don't have a UPS? That's not the budget, I guess. I have what's called the built-in uh, fail-safe or safe-fail, whatever it's called, foolproof. Hey, we noticed you didn't save the last thing you were working on. Oh. Would you like to restore it? Oh. Yes, I would love to restore it, please. It was two hours of podcasting that cut at the very end. Could you imagine having to pick up, like where we left off like a day later. Well, could you imagine having to redo the whole thing over again? Well, yeah, that too. That that would cost time. But yes, welcome back. Pucks and D podcast episode 84. Thanks for uh, bringing to everyone's attention once again that I do the production and I had no intro. I've only had three months to prepare an intro. And uh, I don't, I have no regrets. I thought about it. I was like, what, what would I do? What kind of intro would I be dealing with here after a three month return? And then, you know, I didn't really think too much about it after that. Well, there weren't any highlights to work no. in there. I mean, sure there were. There were other sporting events. There was the Women's World Championship. There's been some great golf going on. I mean, there's a ton of Jays things. are hot. J- oh, Jays. That probably should have been what it is. Why don't yeah. you throw me a little T-bomb there and say, hey, why don't you work on a Jays highlight? Yeah, give me a Guerrero Jack. You see that line drive he hit last night? Oh, my God. Straight out of the park. It was just a worm burner. It was incredible. It never even got as high as the second as the second deck. They've been having some outrageous games lately, some pretty sick wins. And I uh, hadn't watched. I watched a bit early in the summer, and I think when they cooled off, I stopped for a bit and then jumped on it more so in the last uh, few weeks there. Timely, because they've been hot as hell. The starting pitching has been phenomenal. Yeah, I'm um, a huge bandwagon fan myself. It's I'm been quite lie. consistent throughout the summer. But, uh, you know, bats coming alive again. And, man, they just got tons of guys who can hit the ball. Yeah, but towards the end of August, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, and apologies to big Jays fans out there. I mean, I, I'm a Jays fan. I want them to win, but I'm not like a follow every day. Mm. There's 161,000 games that's, in a season. That's the thing. I'm not interested until September. And by then, because baseball only lets in six teams in the playoffs. They're usually done. They're, like, it's difficult, you know? Um, so sue me, but I believe at the end of August, it wasn't looking so great, bro. It was like, Hey, I know there's a chance, but it yeah. was kind of like, so you're saying there's a chance. They had to thing. go. And then they rattled hard. off a hundred victories in a row. Well, they're 14 and two, I guess, in their last 16. And that's Ridiculous. more, more than what they had to do to get a sniff 
of a of a wild card chant, uh, Vladi, shot. So. Vladi's going to win triple crown. Man, hasn't been done since Miguel Cabrera. The stats are off the charts too, and and all season long. Like he, I know he, they said he went quiet, and I guess for him and the way he had been playing, it was quiet. But you know, it was a couple weeks there where he wasn't hitting one a game. It seemed like, man. I mean, obviously, you know, the Jays are doing well and they're causing a buzz when uh, that's immediately where we go. Didn't even welcome anyone back here. I'm happy to have you back, bud. It's been a long time. Three I know. months, man. We're like, what the fuck? This podcast could be long because we've only exchanged a few texts this summer. Like, we haven't seen each other at all. So. <laughs> like, like always. <laughs> like always, yeah. It's, it creates for better podcasting. We have I mean, more, we have more prove, prove me wrong. It's worked for us for, fuck, we're going on, what, three years here? Yes. So it's working. It's clearly working. Yeah, don't, don't fuck with the formula. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you drop by. I, I know you went out west. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. Oh, Pictures yeah. that you shared were phenomenal. Oh, my God. I don't know if it's as phenomenal as what we just came in from outside there. My uh, plant's growing in the back there. My one plant is just egregious right that now. That plant is out of control. <laughs> this guy is a high-end gardener. <laughs> I don't. It has nothing to do with the greenness of my thumb. Actually, as a matter of fact, if anything, it has the exact opposite to do with that. As I told you, the right. only reason why it's growing, nothing but tops with the ridiculous thickest buds you've ever seen outgrown outdoors in your lifetime. I accidentally cut it in half with the whipper snipper. <laughs> That's the secret. Well, it was getting super built up around there. It was probably only a month in. I would say the thing was... So you're trying to do it a favor, like clear out the, yeah. sh- the cabbage around it. Yes, it was less than the height of my knee. <laughs> okay, it was like probably not even, probably half, like up to halfway up your calf. And what was left after you hit it? Oh, just, just a stalk. Like, like I, a think there was, I think there was one or two small leaves uh, like at, coming <laughs> from the bottom. Wow. Oh my God, that's exactly what happened, bro. So I topped it like way too early. I know topping is a thing, but I topped it way too early. Mm. I think what ended up happening is those little leaf things at the bottom turned out to be their own stock. Yeah. Clearly like many shot out of what was what remained after many. you smashed it. So very impressive. Looking forward to that in a few weeks' time. <laughs> many sprouted off of that. So I'm pretty pumped. I told you earlier, I'm pumped that like I mean, it's legal to grow. It's legal to smoke now. We can openly talk about it and have a great time and not have to be worried about what other people think, even though you might be like, oh, yeah, weed's not so great. Give it a shot if you're drinking alcohol. <laughs> I mean, if you're, drink, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a, a weekend thing and you're, you're probably – I'm not just telling everyone to go try it, although, you know, although I think a, a good part of me does feel like at some point in their lives everybody could benefit from it, but that's a, that's a totally different conversation. Is this the part today. where you announce we're sponsored by weed? <laughs> Dude, I wish. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Just sniffing out there, just putting it out there in all you local <laughs> shops there. Yeah, I know. It's been been an interesting summer, and, like, it was gorgeous, I mean, for most of it. Yeah. Hot as hell. I mean, at my cottage every weekend, pretty much. And when I wasn't, I was out on the boat and out on the water here. Amazing. Taking advantage of all that. Um, Did tune in for a bit of sports, though. I did watch a lot of golf and uh, won some money there. I think it was U.S. Open on Morikawa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really liking him that weekend. Yeah, dude, there has been some good golf. My favorite so far was, well, the, the end of the championship, the way it culminated with the uh, uh, Patrick Cantley winning the FedEx Cup. Of course. was really, really sweet. And then, you know, the, the, the tournament before that, which was the, you know, for our non-golf fans, let's call it the third round, okay, of the playoffs. It's basically what happens in golf. 
there's the first round and a bunch of guys are eliminated second round with third the cumulative score cumulative and, score yeah, yeah we don't want to confuse them too much let's go one step at a time right <laughs> but uh yeah so it was the final round the winner of the tournament you know wins the the playoffs and check your notes a cool 15 million dollars uh for the winner second place was for five million dollars so a 10 million dollar gap uh, you know, in some cases, people would call it a literally a $10 million putt. Yeah. yeah. Because if I miss this putt, I lose, and I finish second. Yes, I win $5 million. Great prize, but I could have won fifteen. Right. So, you know, it was a $10 million putt. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the tournament prior to that, they went like seven extra holes or six yeah, extra crazy holes. crazy playoff. Crazy playoff. I was actually watching, I'd say I watched the entire back nine. Like, there are certain events, you know, major championships, probably that, major championships, depending on where they are and what time zone they're in, and um, obviously the, the playoffs, just because, like, it's, it's all the best players all year. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of how they do in majors, maybe they, maybe they grip the shaft a little bit too tight there during the majors. Okay, I get it. I get it. But we're talking about these guys, hottest golfers of the season. All these guys are winning. These guys are ready to win again. So they're all sick, man. Like, all the shots are just so good. Everybody's like, dialed in. I don't understand when people are like, golf is boring. Like, they like to play golf, but they don't want to watch it on TV because it's boring. And I'm like, how can you say it's boring? Watching you play on TV would be fucking boring. <laughs> watching these guys play is amazing. Like, they're so good. It's it's sickening. I'm not Mr. Golf by any means, but certainly enjoy throwing it on and um, especially now that I've taken up betting on golf as well. Mm. Uh, you just gives you a few guys to really cheer for, especially if they make it to Sunday. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And uh, I did get in a little bit of Olympics. Olympic golf actually talking about crazy playoffs. I mean, that was another, like, yeah, was six right. men or seven men or whatever it was. Yes. Like, that was insane. And yeah. I, um, I got into um, I got into a few different, like, obscure things. Sometimes I just had it on. Kind of in the Obscure, background, like like what national cornhole? Well, just shit I'd never watched though. I was watching like uh, unusual like track and field events and like diving, and I watched uh, in the Olympics. I got, I got in, just... yeah, in the Olympics. I got oh, into beach okay. beach volleyball there for a little while. Like well, of course. I mean, well, I so I tuned that. Not yeah, just the I know what you're saying. I tuned in for the obvious reasons, but got really <laughs> into it. Like it was really intense. And the the keep Canadian women that. were were the number one rank, and they were very very entertained to watch very right. good okay um, nice they bowed out early unfortunately so that was disappointing but yeah i'm i'm i mean i'm just busting your balls I heavily but i fully agree beach volleyball is probably top top three it's gotta be top three it's just because to follow of, than the full volleyball because there's way too much shit it's going too much on. going on it's too much i love the duos Right. Because it's just, you know, it's you and me against those two guys. Let's keep this ball up. Let's spike this ball down. Like, there are some unbelievable digs. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree. I, I enjoy that. I personally didn't even – I don't even know if I watched any Olympics. I can't even remember. There's just too much going on at this house, man. Like – Fuck, it's yeah. never ending, but it will end. It's definitely the summer of Canadian women because, I mean, they kicked ass at the Olympics. Uh, the, the um, Of course, the soccer team, I got I to gotta say, like that oh. was like that was unbelievable to you know, see them finally beat the U.S., see Christine Sinclair win a medal. Like, those saves those, by the tendy. Oh, yeah, the tendy kicking ass. Like it was just uh, just the culmination too. Like they had had a pretty tough, like unlikely road 
through to get to even the finals to play that U.S. in that huge game. So that one, like, that got me in the heartstrings. Like, I was actually like getting emotional. Oh, dude, I was getting emotional that. watching. And, and it I, was, I have no it was horse incredible. in the race. It was I mean, incredible. Obviously, I have a horse in the race in terms of you know being Canadian and wanting them to win. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was during the working hours, and I was on Twitter and I saw, it and I was like, oh my god, like what is going on? Like, I should be watching this right now. And it was like, it was late. It was, it was in penalty kicks. And yeah, I was like, what yeah. is happening? I still have a chance. I still have a chance to watch the win. And let's go. As soon as I pull it up. Okay. Pull it up on my phone, live feed. I'm like, here we go. I tilt the phone sideways. I get the nice view here. And it's like, if, if Sweden scores, they win the gold medal. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, I, of course I turned it on just in time to see Sweden score and fucking win. Because it's it's soccer, like you know how it is. I feel like penalty kicks, for, especially for a non-soccer guy, let's go. It's like I'm, exp- I'm I'm expecting every penalty kick to go in. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. And, it, and that's kind I of am. the philosophy way you look at it. It's like it's more of like a player miss, more so than a, than a goalie save. It's more likely that the player will miss the net you think than the goalie to save it. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, but I, I like I didn't even know what the kicks were leading into this. Right. All you, I knew no was context. The, no context. All I knew was the announcer said, "If Sweden scores, they win," and I was like, "This is devastating." You know, at least say if Canada misses, Sweden will win. Because now, now I'm I'm thinking, hey, it's easy to score a fucking goal. Yeah. Look at the size of the goddamn net. Just put it in. And sure enough, Tender saves it, and I'm like, here we go. And now it's our chance. And then they like the goalie got a huge chunk of yeah. the of the gold medal winning strike. Yeah. Huge chunk. Oh my God, she must have a difficult time sleeping at night, man. Oh, I man. couldn't imagine that. That's like me. I'm laying out for a ball, playing ball, and I get a lot of it, but don't catch it. I, I feel I feel worse. Yeah. I wish I didn't touch it at all. In soccer, basically, if like your tendy can make one save, that's considered like a huge edge. It's amazing. Would she make three? Yeah, three. I'm pretty sure she made three in that in that shootout. So it was <sighs> it was fucking unbelievable and uh, inspiring work. Of course, uh, not to be outdone, the Canadian national women's hockey team, of course, as well, beating the United States with that. Unbelievable snipe from Marie Philippe Poulin. I just, just blown away, man. Dude, Launched me right up out of my seat. Like it was just so perfect. It was one of those ones where where uh, no one knew was in, of course, but she knew right away. And like I kind, I I felt like it was in. Like I was already. You know, I was buying that it was in. You couldn't tell me otherwise. And right. then I was, I was like getting pissed off, right, with the delays. I couldn't imagine how they felt on the bench. Just getting ready to really launch into it. You know, how long and, did it go on? Oh, I feel like it was like the play kept going for a good minute or something. Really, I feel like before they they finally sounded the the horn or whatever to let them know it was a goal. So I like that. It I, was it was a really cool moment, and and yeah, summer Canadian women just dominating sports like Olympics, fucking soccer, ho- uh, hockey, you name it, man, and and tennis more recently too. Oh my Layla god, Layla Fernandez yeah. coming up just shy of the U.S. Open uh, wins to another uh, young superstar there from the U.K. Yeah. So um, a little bit disappointed, but you can't be disappointed. She come in that tournament ranked like 60 and know, walks right. out of there, you know, in second place and with a few million bucks to her name as like well. Like in a major? Yeah, I think she had earned, like, I think they said up until that point she'd earned like 750 grand in pro tennis and walked out of there with like a couple million basically. So. Well, I mean, think about it, man. Like it's just, she's so young. It's such a fantastic opportunity for her to not only earn that cash, but like dedicate even more of her time to her craft right which is 
really the name of the game in all professional sports. And here comes the opportunities, right? Here comes the... You know, the endorsement and the fame and everything that comes with uh, the success of being a young superstar in the game. And, you know, Canadian tennis, we we got guys coming, like, look out. So it's been uh, pretty exciting to watch. Um, what else have you been watching this summer? Like, catch any other good shit? Or, I mean, I, I try not to watch, spend too much time on the couch this summer, but I found myself, like, uh, taking the time sometimes during the week just to bum around and, I would binge, binge something. A couple of things. I yeah. know all the good shit usually doesn't come up. Like I know lately, wife and I, wife's had me watching Bachelor in Paradise. We we oh, certainly boy. enjoy that one. So I I can't I don't I can't get into that stuff. Like it's just so it's just like it's so staged. It might as well be not reality TV. It's very manufactured, right? Yeah. But I guess you're not really watching it because it's live TV. Whereas like back in 2003, live TV was really something. Right. You'd say it's live. It's it's happening right before right. our very eyes. Anything could happen. And so if people would tune in, right? Um it's I guess it's a hybrid between the two because it's filmed live or whatever, but it's kind of like you said. I mean, it's a little bit manufactured, but yeah, for me, man, uh I've said it 100 times, I'll say it 100 times more. I've been watching a lot of the uh alarm clock app on my phone and the back of my eyelids while I spend all my other waking moments working on this fucking property. But it looks great. Thank you. It is looking great. Uh, actually, funny story. Yesterday, totally randomly, the old owner, like the people that sold us the house, the wife, Maureen, she stopped by. Really? Like, like Kirstie's mom is, is here for the, uh, for the week, and her dad's coming back tomorrow, flying in from work. And uh, they were here, and like this vehicle pulled up, and... Kirstie texted me. She was like, Maureen just stopped by. It was, it was pretty cool, man. Like she was like, whoa. That's blown away. Yeah. They owned this house for seven years. And she was saying to Kirstie yesterday, she was like, you guys have done a million times more than like we did. We did nothing. We were doing shit before they moved out even. So yeah, that's true. We were doing the deal was done. Yeah. We were doing some shit when we were tenants, but yeah, it's been a ton of work, man. And I actually, you know what? I, I'm really proud of Kirstie for like her visions of what she does here. Like it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. It's actually a lot of fun. Like whenever I tell people that, you know, I'm, I bought this house and we're, I'm restoring it. It's it built in 1860 and I'm restoring it with my fiance. They're like, Oh God, you know, how's that going? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like pretty amazing actually. Like she's got all the ideas. I do all the heavy lifting. Like, no, I don't mean to say that in a bad way. Like she helps, but I, you know what I mean? Like actually you got the, the energy heavy, for it. Yeah. The actual heavy lifting, like yeah. two pails of bricks, you know, two at a time trying to get things going as fast as we can getting a lot of enlisted help from some great local people. Right on. Like our Mason guy, our contractor guy, like everyone's a beauty. They do good work. They're super reliable. And I think that's half the battle. When yeah. You're, when you're doing something like this is trying to find people that are reliable. And find guys that are available to show up these days. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. But one thing that I did get into that I that I – uh, I ha- we definitely have to talk about is that fucking Danbury Trashers documentary, oh, the crime yeah. and penalties. Yeah, man, that was... dude. I watched it last night. Oh, perfect, perfect timing because <laughs> I just watched so it the good. other day and I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it because it's such a intriguing story. I mean, you got like the the criminal aspect of that, and I'm always interested just in general. Like I like narcos and like those other kind of like me too crime drama yeah. sort of semi-documentaries or whatever you want to call them. Me too. Um, so this one was fascinating. And 
and it was interesting because, and you know, you could argue this is somewhat how they're portrayed, but despite being like criminals, they they seemed kind of likable, and they conveyed that they were very like well beloved in their in their small community in in Connecticut, right? right. Especially for bringing this hockey team around that everyone oh, I, rallied around. So, I wouldn't say just especially, maybe only because of that. Maybe, yeah, because like people still to this day are like, you know, still talking about this team, obviously. And I think what I appreciate about it as well is it, it, it goes to show you how many like interesting stories there are outside of the National Hockey League. Yeah. I mean, this is back in, in 04, I think, when this happened. Yeah, right, right at played, the lockout, remember? They played two seasons, yeah. And if you haven't seen it, check it out um, on Netflix. It's an hour and a half. It's certainly worth your time if you if you like hockey at all, or if you're just you know interested in anything to do with this. If you like like hockey, fucking listening. So or a documentary, like um, if you're a documentary. Yeah, I guess but they assembled quite yeah, the squad. Right. Eh? And I like started going through like the DB of like this team, and I was looking at like the historical figures of some of the players that they're talking about. Some yeah, of these, yeah. Some of these you know, refrigerator shaped men that they brought out in the ice. <laughs> yeah. And like some of these guys had like 500 pims in like a 60 game season and shit. And some of these, Oh leagues. man, like, that big, huge Nigerian. Was he yeah, Nigerian? Yeah, right. The what, Nigerian dude. Yeah, man. Oh my God. Yeah. And that guy played in NHL. Like, so what's it, I find it interesting. There's like this young kid, you know, that's the whole premise, like outrageous premise of the story. And it did get a lot of media attention at the time. You know, 17 year old kids running a pro hockey, uh, semi pro hockey team or whatever down the States, but he seemed like he, he at least figured something out and he had this whole vision. I guess I really sympathized it too, about, about like blending the entertainment aspect of wrestling with, yes. with hockey. And he, uh, he totally pulled it off. He did pull it off. Right. Like they all kind of laughed at him. And of course they laughed at him out the gate because of just who he was and how he presented. Right. Right. But he actually pulls it off successfully, you know, and sure. Yeah. It disappears into the proceeds of crime, but at what a story, man! It it was it was perfect. Like you just said, he completely pulled off the marriage between the heel turning, super charismatic, lots of showmanship, and maybe not so great of a way that from the WWE or WWF or whatever it was back then, and you know the the skill the skill of hockey and the mm-hmm. fact that it's being played on the ice. And so what this kid loved wrestling and he loved the mighty ducks, right? That was like a game changer or whatever. Right. Which is pretty awesome when you think about it, man, because like, I think we're a little guilty of just being complacent in the fact that we were born and raised in Pembroke, Ontario and played hockey. Like hockey bred in the culture sort of thing. Yeah. Appreciate how other people kind of found the game. From other nations and whatnot and from other parts of the world, how did they find the game? And I think it, I don't think it would surprise anybody to hear that the, the franchise of the mighty ducks was a a Kickstarter for a lot of kids to put a team in Anaheim. Of course, of course. (laughs) So yeah, it it, it was pretty cool, man. Uh, We won't, we won't, uh, have any spoilers here uh, on the show but I'll try try our best not to but uh, it's definitely worth checking out yeah like there's one guy for sure I didn't know if we were going to spoil it or not so we're kind of doing this live right now over the ping pong table but uh, I wonder how quickly everyone ran to hockey DB to check out this well-known player right right and 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 and, and see what his stat line was and, and see Danbury trashers on the <laughs> list of all the teams that he's played for. There it is right there. Danbury trashers, you I, know? I, I so don't. I won't tell you who it is. We shouldn't spoil that part. We'll, we'll, we'll beef it up a little bit, but 
Uh, yeah. I, I, how quick were you? Because I was pretty quick. As soon as they said who it was, I pulled out my phone. I was like, no way. I, I typed it in, and sure enough, there it was. Well, I was interested to see how he did, eh? And it, apparently this player that you're referring to that we're trying not to spoil too much for our listeners here because it did come out relatively recently. Um, but apparently he wasn't the only NHLer they were close to signing. And it was not the only NH, like former NHLer or somebody with NHL experience that they had signed. I thought one of the funniest things was the troll they did when they signed Gretzky. As oh, yeah. First, uh, first signing, and it was, it was Brett Gretzky's Brett, brother. Yeah. And I thought it was like a joke, and uh, sure enough, he played. <laughs> he actually, did. he played for multiple them. Multiple se- both seasons. Yeah, didn't multiple he? seasons with them. So that's pretty interesting. And uh, what a way to construct a roster. And then they actually did well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They actually did well. And, and it seems like the players were pretty happy just getting wads of cash uh, stuffed in their jackets after games for. Uh, playing well or you know dropping the mitts or whatever he wants to pay you in cash yeah what sure sure. no no he literally wants to pay you in a duffel bag of cash and you gotta feel like okay fuck it i'm going to danbury like if you're if you're a free agent and that's the offer like especially when you're one of those guys who's suitcase guys grinding out for you know 10 years in 10 different leagues fuck yeah you're saying yes to that nobody's nobody's offering you like i think a couple guys they interview they said that they got offered straight up double what they were getting paid for another team. So yeah. you can't blame guys. And, and, you know, of course you're not, you're not going to ruin it for yourself. So you're not going to start asking questions like where, where all this rolled up cash come from. Well, like, remember the guys were saying they were getting checks from this and checks yeah, from different companies, checks from that company. It was crazy. How many, how many jobs? I had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of laugh out loud moments in that, uh, in that movie, it's just, uh, and of course, it's the characters that that makes it interesting. You know, the the staff and the players for that uh, for that team, and and hearing them recall recall the stories of how all yeah. that went down. It was just complete. Well, like, I, I, I'm deaf. Sorry, dude. Insanity. I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch the rest of that series because I, I also I watched Malice in the Palace. Yes, I watched that as well. Okay, that was good. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, you know, and this one was really good. There's a tennis one, I saw. And I don't know what the other one is. There were two other ones that I saw. Yeah. The Mouse and the Palace one was interesting because we were pretty young at that time. Like I remember it because it was all like they and they explained it well in that in that uh, doc about how he was fucking everywhere. It was all over like headline news, the papers, yeah. And and they really talked about how the players end up you know taking uh, kind of the brunt of the heat, the the I guess the hate in the court of public opinion. Um, despite it all kind of having started with the, the beer toss, right? Yes, yeah. And yet, you know, the players end up getting crucified, but it was really interesting to see it broken down and, and, and see the alternate footage and for them to kind of trace through it a little bit. And, of course, it, the interview and that, that fucking scumbag, one of the guys who was unapologetic about getting knocked, knocked out. out and deservedly so when he comes running on the court like a fucking moron. What an idiot, man. See, but that like people are idiots, right? <laughs> I think we know that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think we're actually learning that even more on a day-to-day basis given the uh, current There's video evidence everywhere now. <laughs> But yeah, dude, like it all starts with the fan and yeah, Malice in the Palace was crazy. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. So yeah, whoever hasn't seen those untold, get on it. Yeah. ASAP. Absolutely. 10 out of 10 recommendations from us. 
Or you want to talk some hockey? We talk about probably every other sport. No I guess man. So. so you're not gonna ask me about my new band. Oh yeah, I would like to know about your new band. Did so, you listen to our so song? Is that, is that the deal with the hair? Yeah. Are you are you doing a band thing? Yeah, I'm growing a mullet. What's okay. up? Okay, so it's it's specifically for the band, not for everyday life. Are you gonna wear a hat outside of the band? Or no, 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 dude. Or is this like, like a whole y- thing? You're, or is this a rebranding? I you're guess? catching me on the uh, the back end of a shower that was like a day and a night ago, if you know what I mean. Like I showered before bed, and then. This is today's, okay, uh, or the next. I don't know, dude. I'm so it's not flowing as it should. No, I mean, if I gotta, you know, if I have to look presentable, you know, I make sure that I'm combing it and stuff. It flows. It works nicely. Okay. Uh, but yeah, when I'm in the band, I ha- I do have a hat on. You're right. I have I have the backwards hat on. Jean so, jacket. Uh, no, I wear like a fl- uh, like a. Like a, a flat, plaid. flannel plaid, okay. Yeah, flannel plaid, yeah. like the Auto Valley uh, Proud one. Okay, yeah. Which is a nice look. Right. And I got some old, like, Freddie Mercury jeans, like the high bum jeans. You know what I'm talking about? Tight. The old Freddie Mercury's tight. that go way up top. Are they tight? Uh, not real. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I got like, a, are they like denim, denim Lululemons or? I mean, I got like, I, I you know, I got the bulge out. You know, I got oh, off the bulge. Lord. You know what I'm about? So you're going full top to bottom. Country rock star. Yeah. Coming valley. Right, coming right for you. Coming right from the valley, man. Sawmill Road. What's up? Check us out. Sawmill Road. Actually, yeah. I think I feel like a lot of podcast listeners might not even be aware of Sawmill Road because I'm not like straight up uh, promoting it on like Twitter or anything. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Can I tell you about our first show? Did I yes. tell you about our first no. show? Man, I haven't told you anything. So we get a show, Okay. It, uh, our single called Paint the Town is available on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, whatever the fuck music app you have. Check it out. It's called Paint the Town. It's on Mill Road. So we send this song out to a few places, a few DJs, a few radio stations, and we're like, hey, local song, you know, from Pembroke, no cursing. It's just like a rock song, bluesy kind of. Right. And, uh, and it gets airtime, right? So first off, it plays in fucking Kingston on K-Rock. No shit. Yes. Wow. Like two days after, well, that's two days after it was on YouTube. Before it gets like picked up before here. Anywhere. Wow. Anywhere. Okay. First time it was ever heard anywhere. We got like 2,000 followers on Instagram within like five minutes. No shit. Yes. Wow. Crazy. So send, send the podcast to K Rock. <laughs> need some late night programming. <laughs> no shit. Hey, I got more stuff. I do right. more things. So get this. So the guy that runs Chip FM, well, he doesn't run Chip FM, but he's Chip, a, yeah, like he's, in Pontiac. Yeah. He's a, oh, D, fuck he's a DJ. That's the, Darcy James? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's Mike. His no, name is Mike. Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Mega Mike. I love that station. Okay. Do you ever listen to that on a Friday? Yeah, so our song plays on Fridays. Shit, went in the, in the shuffle? Yeah. They play the wildest shit on the weekends? So our tune will play every second Friday no from way. 3 to 7. On, oh, oh on, when they do the rock show I was going to say on loop. No. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, that guy's Mega show. Mike. That's yeah, Mega yeah. Mike. He'll, and then after that, it gets it gets in the craziest music you've ever heard. You can oh, hear okay. like, like you can hear like regulate by by like Warren G, and then you'll hear like Spice Girls the next song, and then like K-pop <laughs> the next one. It's fucking. It's just like a iTunes on shuffle, man. Okay. Anyway, I'm okay with that. Carry on with your story. Something I had for to everyone. Get that in there. So anyway, Mike uh, hears our song because we sent it to him, and um, you know he he ends up hitting up uh, one of the guys in the band. He says, "Listen, um, there's." Uh, there's a party or wait, no, I'm getting my shows mixed up. Who cares? Someone calls our guy and says, Hey, there's a private party. Um, 
it's it's in Quebec. It's at Black River. Have you oh, been yeah. to Black River? Yeah, float down the that's actually close to my cottage. Okay, so I'm like just a, a little bit over, like uh, west or east of. Oh, that. cool. Yeah. So, do you are you familiar with the area where they actually put the tubes yeah, yeah. into the water? Okay, yeah, so I the, took my four wheeler up there. So the party cottage. was right there, Lesko. Oh shit! I was like, fuck. I would have been in the neighborhood. Oh, you wouldn't have been invited. Oh, this is a very exclusive party. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to you. All right. Go on. So, man, this is going to be tough to tell this story without incriminating anyone. Oh, you got non-disclosure here too? Well, not really, but I mean, I don't think the boys are going to listen to the pod. Fuck it. I'll tell the story. So, the the show is in Black River. We're just doing one set. It's apparently this huge party uh, put on by a group that exists on Facebook. And the party included like a couple of comedians and a couple other bands. Hmm. And they told us that we're, we're on, we're on the list and you know, this we're going to pay some good money and come out and do the show. So nice. we're like, all right, fine. So we, we drive there, we find the place. There's like tents everywhere, fucking RVs. It's just basically in this field right next to the, where you put your tubes yeah, yeah. in the river. And all the people that were there, there's about like a few hundred, like maybe 200 people or so, uh, they were all floating down the river as we were driving in. So it was really cool because oh, yeah. we saw them all. And I said, I, I said to Kirsty, I was like, oh, I wonder if those are the people that we're going to be playing for tonight. And sure enough, they were. So uh, we get to the show and we're unloading all of our shit and our bass player comes walking by and he's like, He's like, yeah, this is kind of weird, guys. But he's like, I just got asked by two different girls if, you know, if I wanted to get, wow. it, get it on. Like, just got there. Just got there. Holy shit. And I'm and like. Usually it's after the show that shit happens, no? Um, well, yeah. I mean, let, at least let us play first and see <laughs> yeah, how good we are. Yeah, Jesus. So anyways, I said to Kirsty, I was like, I'm feeling like I got a bit of a feeling. I don't know. Like, everyone seems pretty nice that I've seen so far. But I was like, this might be something weird, you know? Like, it might be a little uh, inside group uh, kind of deal, you know? And anyway, sure enough, long story short, at nighttime after the bands were, like the late band was on and shit. Um, you know, they, they come around with, they come around with the bracelets, right? right? So like red bracelet, don't talk to me. I'm in a relationship. With oh this yeah. One of those, the green, red light, green light. Parties. Yeah. Green light oh, bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know come, what you mean now. come and check me out and talk right, to me. Right. Red bracelet, red bracelet with a purple bracelet was like, yo, I'm taken, but we're, we're looking for a girl. Oh shit, man. Well, this sounds like a, quite the time then. It was a time. I would imagine. Bro. Sounds like a fun bunch. And Kirsty says to me, I like, you know, after we were done playing, like, we, we played the early part of the day. It was still daylight. It's kind of lame. Um, luckily, I got to go back up and I sang with the headliner as well. I did oh, some shit. did some tragically hip with the headliner as well. Because like when, when it's a private party like that, man, you know, it's just super chill. A little more freewheeling. Yeah, a it's less super. Structured, yeah, you know? they even, they said right in the microphone on stage, the guy's like, "Hey, he's like this with his eyes. He's like, hey, is that Josh guy still here from the other band?'" <laughs> and I stood up. I was high on mushrooms. Oh shit! <laughs> I stood up and was hey, like, you're like, I'll go. I'll go back on stage now. Then dude, tripping balls. Dude, my guitar player is like, don't, man. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I, you, you just had those shrooms. And I was like, oh, I didn't have that many. I'm feeling good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I go so back. it went well then. It went really well. It went really well. But I always, I will always uh, take with me that like, I could not love the fact more that our first ever gig, it was our first ever show, yeah. was at this like private 
sex party in Quebec. Sounds you know? bumping. And I'm telling you right now, though, while I tell the story with some minor exaggerations, very, like all, all, all of what I said is true, but I was emphasizing some of the stuff. These people were some of the great, like the greatest human beings that I've ever met. Oh, of course. And Kirsty goes to me, this was the most fun night I've ever had with totally random people, right. be it, be it at a bar or boots and hearts concert or, you know, something so like that from the city. I bet. And like, no, no, it was, uh, it was like from around the area. Well, I'm not going to disclose too, too much, oh, right, but right, it was, right. it was a Valley. It's a Valley group. Gotcha. It's a gotcha. Valley group. Okay. And, and like, Kirsty's point was that like a lot of times, no matter where you go, you're going to have like somebody there that wants to talk to you or annoy you like as a female. Right. Okay. And yes, it's flattering and blah, blah, blah. But imagine that being you, Lesko. Like, I mean, I know we like to make the joke. Oh, yeah, I would hate it if a bunch of women just came over and oh, started no. talking. <laughs> oh, no. You know, but that's not. Stop, don't. But, <laughs> but that's not a fair comparison, right? Right, so right. It, it's it, much different. When, when she was talking to me, like, she was just having so much fun. She's like, I had this thing, this red on. And she's like, it was just amazing. She's like, I was talking to people with the with green on, and we were just like laughing and having a good time. And like, there was no like, oh, I'm trying to hit on you, or I'm trying to court you, or right. or I'm looking at you weirdly. Like, like you would get a lot. A little out more of bar. comfortable at a bar when you got some some drunk, you know, five dudes trying to hit on you. At oh, the they're same rubbing time. up against yeah, you yeah. and stuff. Close man. quarters and all that yeah. weird shit. Yeah. So anyway, Typical. I, I was we don't like, know what that's like. I was like, I wanna, I, I wanna go back there. Like, I wanna go and do. Well, I want to go and do more parties with these people. Just give me my red bracelet. So and you I'll guys like automatically along. on the list now for future reference. Oh, like, here. Well, you want the the guy that runs the show there. He wants us to play uh, to play his birthday bash. And actually, they really wanted to book us on uh, September 18th in Luskville. Oh yeah, they're having uh, a massive like drag race. Oh yeah, uh, that's every year. Yeah, like, drag race. So dude, there, we yeah. were gonna be the headliner there. Oh shit. Man, what the fuck? You guys are you guys are humming on humming along here. Man, we only have one set. <clears throat> Like, we only have one set that we could get up right now and do if we had right. to do it. Because we're still, like, that new. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, you said you just I just saw online that you started or something. And then when I spoke to you about it, you're like, oh, yeah, I already played a few gigs. Like, oh, well, yeah, sorry. When I say played a few gigs, like, I mean, I have to be honest with you. We played, we played the same set two times. Yeah, well, once, that's, once that's in fine. Quebec and once at the Simple Men Motorcycle Rodeo in Mixburg. In Mixburg, which right? was amazing. Bro. Motorcycle Rodeo, amazing, bro. I've never heard of this. They have like all these events and stuff. They basically everyone just shows up with their fucking bikes and everyone right. goes, "Oh, nice bike, Thanks, oh, guys." Nice bike. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all that. But then they have these games, man. And like Kirstie and my guitar player's wife were like playing these games. The girls on the back of the bike, and the guy like maneuvers the bike slowly, and like the girl has to take a, a balloon, like a water balloon, and like throw it through a barbed wire ring and catch it on the other side. Like, oh, wow. and you get, you know, you win or whatever. And it's it's a ton of fun, a ton of fun. But like. Um, don't mess with those biker dudes. I'm telling you, man, some oh, guy, I dude, I was at the bar later. Like they had a little, the guy on the, on his property has a saloon. Okay. Like he built a saloon. It's amazing. Awesome. Like, it's a little, like a little lean to building that he wired up for electricity. He's got lights and a fridge in there and everything. Uh, and he was serving pints out of there and some guy walked like in front of me. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty well, I'm, I'm into it a little bit, you know, it's later on in the night. And I'm telling you, like they told me after, he's six ten. Oh shit! Okay, so a guy walks walks in front of me at the bar, and I was just sitting there with you know the rest of my band drinking a beer, and I was all I said was, "Man, look at this guy! What's up, bro?" Like, 
<laughs> That's it. That's all I said. Just super forward. Yeah, I was. I just said, look <laughs> at this guy, man. What's up, bro? I don't know if maybe I might have said something else like, How's the weather up there? Oh, <laughs> no, you didn't do that, did you? Fuck. I don't think so. Not I, that man. bad. I think I – Kiersey told me I all I – I hammered you in the ground like a fucking Kier- steak. Kiersey <laughs> told me all I said was like, hey, man, what's up? Like, And then he didn't say anything, so I said, like, that guy's really tall. See, I think the how's the weather thing came later. Wow, even after you had time to think about it, eh? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, it was... Uh, and you didn't get bottled because you still have all no, your hair. No, no, no. But see, but see, the way I remember it was everybody was on my side. Oh, so it just turned into a scene. Oh, it was a scene. The owner of the property had to come over, and I was like, man, I'm just joking around. Eh? And the guy was like... And yeah, this guy was just... This guy's like, this no guy more was like jokes. angry. Right? No, no, no. The owner is a beauty. I've been... No, back. I mean the other guy, the tall guy. Yeah, he did, the owner didn't even know that guy. Right. He, he was like, dude, no more jokes. Oh my god! And I was like, "It's okay, man. We're leaving. We were leaving. I, right? Like, we were literally leaving." So you're really trying to diffuse at this point. Yeah, and and I was like, "Oh man, now I'm like leaving. Like it makes it look like I'm like running away. Like, well, obviously I would have ran away if that guy tried to fight me. <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> like I don't know. Like what, you had a choice. I don't know what I don't know what his <laughs> Damn, problem right, was. You're leaving. <laughs> he babe. You know what he looked like, babe or babe? I almost called. I called oh, you babe just wow, there. That would be something. Well, be, no, no, because I remember saying these words to Kirsty, babe. He looks like Julian. Oh, like from Trailer Park. Yeah, Plus. because he had a, a dark black, oh, yeah. uh, like T-shirt on, like and only he had half bicep covers and, and the goatee. Oh no, I, shit! So he really looked like Julian, and I think maybe th- like he might have heard you didn't that call him as Patrick well. Patrick Swayze, did you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So back to back gigs, uh, you know, great time at the orgy party, and then almost getting my ass kicked by a six foot ten biker giant. Well, fuck you! You're like had like one good quarter of a rock star biopic right there. Like already you guys are off to a fucking blazing star already. I can't wait to keep it up, man. I've actually like gone out to see live music a couple times, which has been really nice. Um, but kind of trippy the first couple of times being in a bar where, um, cause they, now they have no like capacity limits, but people got to be distanced. But let's be honest in a small bar when there's music playing and people dancing, Distancing is kind of eh, yeah if he right missed. and mask wearing also not quite where it should be not like on par you know like I'm putting mine on when I had to go to the bathroom or go to the the bar but I would say that probably more than half of people weren't doing that by the end of the evening right but all you know and that was kind of weird like just a weird environment to be in but it was still nice like I still enjoyed it and Being and. Out. Yeah, just being out, and I went out, and and you know we went out a couple times, and just actually when we were out west, uh, we went out uh, to uh, a bar in Banff that was recommended to us for some live music, I and mean, same sort of scene. There was like six bachelorette parties there, going buck wild. Oh, terrible! And uh, yeah, it was awful. Awful was going Jeez. on there. Uh, the Poor only guy. shitty thing though is so like um, Alberta's been so like lax with. The I was COVID just gonna shit. ask you like what's the there? fucking day yeah. we got there. They they made that the one of those rules where the bars couldn't serve after ten, so they were shutting down basically. Ew! I know. So like the first night we go out and we like party oh go out until God. about like nine, and we're like having the best time, and we're like waving at the bartender, like hey, come here, like come on. He's like, sorry guys, like it's after ten. We're like, no, like you know, realizing like fuck, if we want to go out for a good time, we gotta go out at like you know six o'clock or something That's like that. Unreal. That, you know, have a few hours there. Let's so. stop serving beers. 
like before people are even really well, that interested before in drinking that, beers. Like they just restored indoor masking there too, which no problem for us. We've been doing that the whole time. But of course, because right. it has been so lax, like once again, I'm in a bar, it's packed with people, you know, almost no one's wearing masks. Like, you know, nobody's fucking going around policing it either. Okay. So it was like, oh, well, yeah, closing it at 10. That's, that should fucking help me here. Like, anyway, yeah. but not going to complain. Had an amazing fucking time out there. Like, uh, I, and, you know, if anyone hasn't been out there, out in the mountains, Rocky Mountains, like I went to, flew to Calgary, rented a van. We drove to Canmore, did some hiking, Banff. That's couple where Kirstie's parents live. Oh, is that right? Canmore, yeah. And then we went, you got to go. And we oh, went to uh, Lake oh, Louise, which is like a shit show, but definitely worth seeing. Yeah, and then we that's went the blue one, to, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, and Moraine Lake, which is next to it, is is incredible too. It's actually nicer and definitely worth the trip. And then we went up to Jasper and camped up there. Um, and went hiking and and visited cool. uh, uh, visited a lake up there as well, uh, Moline Lake, which is also incredible. Did a little boat cruise up there. And so if you're camping there, did you bring your own shit? Or no, are so you we able rented a van. Rent? So like we rented like an outfitted like camper van. It was like a oh, it was like a Ford what? Transit 3500 that was like customized. Look at the bed, shelves. Um, no you know, like way. A, a little fridge, fucking sink and all that. Dude. Like, so, so, and you yeah. go wherever the fuck you want. Exactly. So we could drive anywhere we wanted, and then we would just pull up to a campsite. So Like, unreal. you wouldn't have to uh, unpack or set up. Just, like, you know, pull out your fucking cookware. And, and chairs. And, and your chairs. And we had a little folding table, and that was it. So even at, like, the parking lots of places we're at, like Lake Lee's, we're like, oh, I'll go back to the van for a bit and just make lunch and just sit here in the parking lot and eat. And oh, my like, God. Go pay 50 bucks at the Fairmont for a fucking hand hamburger so man that is so unreal yeah we had a great time man it was Fuck. it was the weather was unbelievable too a little cold night like i think we went down minus one a couple nights yeah in but the mountains. that's i i would much rather that though yeah when were you sleeping across from a glacier i guess it's gonna get fucking cold at night <laughs> yeah, like we camped point. in the um uh, across the columbia ice fields on the way back from jasper which is like kind of midway between on the ice fields parkway between uh jasper and lake louise and that was pretty cool because we got to get there before, you know, a thousand tour buses showed up. And, right. Because, like, it's a couple of those areas. Like, Lake Louise, I was saying, is a bit of a shit show with the with the tourism up there. Like, there's just so many. There's too many people, not enough, like, infrastructure to support it, essentially. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, it, I mean. No Which complaints. is too bad. It'd be, I mean, obviously, it's a gold mine for the local. Yeah. You know, for the park. For and the park. For but, the towns. like, it'd be, it'd be a lot better i guess if they were able to you know single out the groups or something and say like this is your block of time like you go here and you're here for four hours yeah i don't even know how you'd regulate it that it'd be tough yeah we went hiking up in the mountains when we were there so we weren't like down around the lake too much because it was just so crowded like it was funny it was like a challenge to get good pictures and i, I managed to like i you know sneak around and get some nice angles but you, you got to be patient sometimes like wait your turn or wait for you know people to get out of the damn way because everyone's there just trying to light up their gram, you know? <laughs> light up their gram. Oh, for sure, man. man. I can't you believe see... they were stopping you from drinking beers at 10. Yeah. Then... Do you want a beer, by the way? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so the Keep other talking. thing they did, uh, so and we didn't know this. They don't tell you this till after you book, but the campgrounds that are in like the national parks have a no cannabis, no alcohol rule. And it's possession-based. It's not consumption. Neither products can be consumed on their, in their facilities on long weekends, right? So we're like, you know, I was talking to a guy about on the plane there. He's local, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it is, but it isn't. He's like, you know, don't be waltzing around with pints in your hands. You know, pour it in a cup and 
fucking, you know, don't have a party in your campsite, you're fine. Okay. I guess, you know, the thing is they don't want a bunch of kids from the city come in and throw a party in a campsite when, honestly, Fair. the campsites are quiet because mostly everybody is, like, asleep done because they were out hiking and mountain climbing and biking and shit all day. Right, it's not a right? party site. No, not really. And it's a lot of families and stuff like that. So okay. we would, like, go into the town and then take the shuttle back all ripped up at, you know, 10:30 or 11 o'clock at night because of how early it closed. Oh, yeah. Where the bus full, like where this place we're staying, there was the resort right next door. It was a bus full of bachelorette parties coming back from the bar, oh, all hooting and hollering, eh? So no cannabis. That's tough. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mine was in edible format, so I don't know how you oh, yeah. police that. Yeah. Fair enough. It's not like it was stanking up the whole campground or anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's true. So yeah, definitely recommend uh, that whole experience. Like. I've been wanting to do it my whole life. It was a long time coming, so we were pretty excited to to do it. It was kind of last minute, too. We only booked it, like, I don't know, a month or so before we went, but it had been in the works for a long yeah, yeah. time. Was the uh, was the van rental, like, egregious, or was it, like, uh, actually pretty affordable? I would say it's affordable in that if you calculate the cost of renting a normal vehicle and the cost of lodging out there, it's yes. outrageous. Yes. And then there's the whole thing, like, oh, what do we do? Pack all our camping gear, like, on my tent and all this bullshit. Right. Fly it out there. Right. Or go there and buy shit that we're just going to throw out. So, like, this van came kitted with, like, you know, chairs, like, with fucking you know, a stove, like all that kind of shit that you need to camp. So I'd say it was worth what it cost us. Like it wasn't cheap by any means, but it was, right. it was worth it when we looked at the alternatives and for the convenience, like it was so easy when, you know, this place was near the airport cab over there, fucking unlock the van off you go. So they had it. Well, it was very well set up. Well, very well thought out. That's so sick. I feel like that would be so cool. Like getting in the old F three fifty with Man. the bed in the back and being like, where do you want to go? Pretty much, like it's it's kind of a weird way to live, like light, you know, van life, just <clears throat> literally just cruising around, doing whatever we want. Living in a van down by the river. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's way better than he made it sound. <laughs> Dude, that's so sick though, because I seen you getting the pictures, and I remember at one point I I had my thought, like, what's he what's he doing exactly, like. Like is he on a like a like a tour or something? Like no, he's posting the there or Haley, right? Like yeah. you guys are posting these pictures on on different days. I was like, he's going to all these different places. Like interesting. There must be shuttles. Like he must be at a resort, and the shuttle takes you here and there. And I was like, I thought that was pretty cool. And then now that you dropped this bomb on me, like <laughs> it's the greatest news ever. I feel like I like it a lot more because. Uh, Kirstie and I have been fantasizing about getting a, at some, like someday getting a class C, which right. is right. Similar, but even bigger, right? Like, uh, like a, you think you haul van, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you drive. And just cause like her family lives kind of here and there and everywhere out West, up North and down South. Sometimes her sister's down there. So like, it would be a lot of fun if we could just be like, yo, let, let's, let's go. Like, let's just fill up gas and pack some clothes and we'll go see them. Yeah, drive was, across country. It was a cool experience. Like I've done something similar a long time ago. Um, tripped out to like California with some chums, and uh, it was it was something. If you would have told me all the, all those years ago that it would be like 15 years later before I would do something like it again, again, like, it yeah. wouldn't believe me, kind of thing. So it was long time coming. Like really nice to do, and and I can't recommend them enough. Like you know, it's never a bad day waking up. Even you know, wake up six and thirty in the morning. 
No, you're, there's no hangovers in the mountains. You look out, out your back window and you're looking at the sun coming up over the mountains. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like, man, that's so sick. Yeah. It's funny. My wife was joking there. Cause like we were putting an up, like, you know, uh, she's got a Fitbit eh? and it's like, you know, putting up over like 20 some thousand steps a day and shit with yeah. all the hiking and stuff like that. She's like, man, my Fitbit's probably confused things. I sold it on Kijiji or something to <laughs> someone else. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't recommend it enough. Like, it's uh, – I offered a bit of everything too, right? You know, out in nature, but also, like, got to check out and, and party a little bit in, like, Banff and stuff like that, which are kind of unique towns in their own right because they're just, they're just tourism hubs, right? So, like, you know, there's locals, but the locals aren't even that local because they, yeah. you know, moved there 10 years ago when they were 20 to ski and never left sort of right. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, And then, like, in some cases, you feel like you're the only person in the universe, but you're not even far removed from anything. Like, you've probably got full service on your phone and... Yeah, yeah. not until we went north. Right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, where it was a little more, like... Remote. Remote was going between uh, Lake, Lake Louise and Jasper. It's like you lose service and you know, the campgrounds were unmanned that we went there. Like there was no parkies or anything around there, okay. gates or anything like that. Right. Um, gorgeous. So like 360 fucking views. And, and I did get a ton of pictures, more of which I guess I'll be posting. I, I figured I polluted, polluted my social media enough for that week. I'd give it a rest before I <laughs> went through them and like threw some more up there. <laughs> Lighten up the gram. Oh, yeah. Just just counting clout there like fucking crazy. Oh, man. Well, you know what, dude? Uh, we're nearly an hour deep here. I'm actually quite impressed with our ability to <clears throat> avoid the hottest topic of the universe right now with What's the that? vaccinations and the anti-vaxxers mm. and, you know, the, mm. the two sides of the coin and the protesting. I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if we'll, if we'll, if we'll get into that. Cause I know both you and I are on the same page uh, in that regard, but, um, it's been, uh, I, it's been a tough time. I care a whole lot less these days about it all simply because I got my shots and things are normal ish, right? Like we can do a lot of the things we haven't been able to do in a long time. Yeah. For now, you know, for now, exactly. And like, there's fans at the arenas, all the sports are happening. Maybe we're like, Maybe I'm like well distracted. Like it's not the only thing happening anymore. When, when nothing else was happening, it was so all-consuming. Right. I find I've had an easier time just kind of breezing by and like keeping my head out of the weeds of of just um, keeping it like need to know. Yeah, right? and, and going away is a good distraction too. Right. Yeah. Until I got there and found the bars closed at ten. Right? No, I know, <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean specifically with like. What's going on? Like doing a vacation. Because, for example, we hadn't been on vacation two years. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're removing your own thoughts and stress from everything else because you're just on, you're on vacation. You're trying to soak it all in, right? But, I mean, like with what's going on now with this, like the, the protests going on at the hospitals and like health. That is the dumbest like <laughs> fucking thing going right now. Healthcare workers are like literally not dressing up in their work clothes so that oh so they don't get harassed by yahoos so i drove by the hospital i went to pick up my actually i went to pick up my glasses the other day right okay and i drove by the hospital yeah, is that your first time glasses just, yeah yeah i'm surprised you haven't said anything so well, we're an hour and you never mentioned the glasses 
<laughs> never worn glasses in my life. <laughs> well, when you first when you first put them on, I was like, I was like, yo, this guy's got glasses. I just kind of figured maybe you had them on for like anti glare. That's pretty much largely what it is. It's, oh, okay. So I, I, for I, screens, I, I haven't been the fucking yeah. I haven't been an optometrist like a decade, and they're like, he's like, like your best friend. Twenty twenty vision. I go in there, and they're like. <laughs> doing some tests and they're like how many concussions you had i'm like oh lots lots why <laughs> she's like oh yeah i could tell she's like you know like trouble tracking light sensitivity all that shit i'm already like kind of prone light sensitivity blue eyes all that shit i guess right. that combined with the head trauma has like left me with like and man i when i got them i've only had them for a couple of days but like it makes a massive difference yeah, i was just hey. like living like this just looking at the screen like text more bold well-defined Right. And like, I noticed I'm not as like tired, fatigued at the end of the day. I spent a lot of time on the computer. That's work, a lot of right? strain too. If your eyes are working too hard. And you think about it, between like gaming on my phone, reading, like I'm, I'm looking at screens fucking 80% of the day. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, right okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Back to the hospital. So you're at the hospital. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I drove by the hospital cause it was the day or yeah, it was Monday, right. Where the allegedly there's going to be all these protests at the hospital. Right. So I cruise by just to see if there's anybody I'd tell them to go fuck themselves basically like i was i had the window down i good. was looking i was ready i dude, was like you should have texted are any, me are there any okay. idiots out here there's none and i was like good and surprise surprise because like it really got overhyped i mean there i think there was a bit, couple big ones in toronto but elsewhere there's like oh there's like 24 people in the ottawa hospital or whatever and that's just okay if you're trying to get people to sympathize with your cause the, that's not it right there and I, I know we're not dealing with the best and brightest so no shit but do it at government office yeah yeah like, none of that makes sense. Like, do it at government office where they're probably not even in there. It's like if you're, like, protesting gambling and you go protest the fucking casino. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they have fucking any control over over the fucking laws or the fucking regulations. But even, but like, that's a fine comparison. But in this instance with the fucking hospitals, like, I was almost in tears reading this one uh, report. The lady said her dad has a broken ankle. Mm. He was going in with her mother. Couldn't for her cancer treatments, he had to walk three yeah. blocks. That's fucking outrageous, man. With a broken so, ankle. I guess what, 90. What really needs to happen, they got to do like they do with the, when like the G8 comes to town. You, you got to go to the freedom of speech zone and fucking put, put a pen five blocks away and say, here's your fucking protest zone. And you go like they, like they used to do at those big events. <laughs> like seriously, if you're going to be fucking morons like that and you're going to disrupt social services, you know what I mean? Like I... It, Fuck, if there's a way to track those fucking people, like, fuck, next time they got to go to the hospital, I'll be like, yeah, hang on there. We'll just, you know, you can go to the fucking back of the line because you're, feel, yeah, feel, feel you have the right to obstruct other people's fucking but that makes you, But that makes you a terrible person for saying that. I don't care. I don't care either because <laughs> I feel the same way. But yeah. like, it, it's, it's. So Am I the terrible person? I'm not protesting outside of hospitals. So. But, but what, what I know, but what I'm saying is like, generally speaking, it, it's not a good look for anyone to be like, I hope that you get COVID. And then when you can't get an ICU bed, nah, it'll be like, that, good for you. No, no, no. But that kind of mentality, right? Which, right. Which, which I would probably have to fucking tick off that box because that's how upset I am about the whole situation. Well, especially, you know, you, you're with someone who works in fucking healthcare. So like, oh, it's, bro, and it's like, worse. I, you know, myself having spent tons of time in hospitals over the last few years, um, you know, have a very deep and great appreciation for the people who work there. And yeah. No, you do. don't trust them. Let's go. They're bad people. Oh, apparently. Oh my God. Like, you know, they're fuck, murdering people. Let's go. Yeah. Because fucking, yeah. Cause you know, I, and I don't have a ton of time for it either because, what it boils down to for me at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, you went to medical school where? 
Oh, you didn't. Okay, then shut the fuck up. Then. <laughs> right? Some of the shut up. Like some, I don't. I don't need to know, but or what or what you read or what you heard. I actually don't care. I'm just gonna go with the fucking people who know on this one. Oh, you're and a that's sheep. It. You're that's a sheep, it. though. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Fucking being sheep got got humanity this fucking far, didn't it? If that's what it boils down to, sure. Like what I have a difficult time grasping and wrapping my mind around is where or when or why all of those questions when did it all of a sudden become like cool or appropriate to completely stop trusting science and doctors like you know people that we have not people but doctors are people but science is a thing science you know itself and and, right. and doctors when did we start all of a sudden fighting back against that and saying, you know what? I understand that you guys all think what gravity is, but you're all wrong. It's actually the opposite. We're all being held down by something, right? Like now that actually, that theory has actually been floated around. So like I'm okay with, with certain aspects of wanting to challenge. Mm. People want to challenge that the earth is flat. You yeah. know, like I have no, I have no goddamn problem with critical thinking and challenging, but it's not critical thinking. If you're not using fucking actual facts, to do your if thinking. you're not actually thinking critically, right? Exactly. Like you can't, <laughs> if you're already like, if, you know what I mean? If you, if you, it's like, if you went to kindergarten and skipped to grade five, I feel like your opinions on certain subjects are not very valid because you skip five grades and you don't therefore know what you're talking about, right? It's just, that's oversimplification, obviously. But in, in going back to what you just said, I did read something interesting about this re recently, but the question of science, this thing's been, go it's been going on since the beginning of time, right? Fucking, you know, great scientists died to some of them for their work. Yes, right? yes. And... It's an anti-intellectual fervor, let's say, we'll call it. And it's been percolating in different spheres of the political realm for quite some time. Just the politicization of, of issues, um, you know, for different reasons. Um, but what, what we have here is like this, this, same, um, this same kind of movement, I guess, or like anti-science or, you know, attacking... Um, the consensus thoughts and ideas on a certain subject was done already with the tobacco industry. Right. You know, when they were trying to tell you smoking was bad, there was all this fucking, you know, back channel money going into causes and grassroots quote unquote causes that were fighting for freedom and yeah. whatever. Same thing with the climate denial people. They do the same thing, right? They may, they question and attack the science and, you know, use fucking logical arguments to try and discredit, you know, people who fucking have PhDs and put their life's work into these subjects. But how right? does it gain steam? It, it, that's a good question. I think well, it, I know the answer. I, think, I was wanting to know I think what it, you think. I think it well, just I, not that I know the answer, but I have a thought. I think it just proliferates over social media. And I think the other aspect of it, and, and the sad thing is that there's plenty of educated people who do get roped into this kind of nonsensical thinking, but it definitely makes it easier for you to become more susceptible when people around you do and more people are exposed to it because you don't have to lurk to the dark corners of the internet to find it anymore. Your fucking aunt and uncle posted something about it yesterday. Bingo. Right? Bingo. So like people, you don't, you wouldn't be like, I trust my, this person 100%, but you trust them more than fucking Bill Gates, I guess, or whatever. That's a bad example again, but 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you sound like one of them, Lesko. <laughs> yeah, that's full of terrible it's examples. One of them. <laughs> Uh, That's you, what they want, man. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, the fact that there are, you know, there are enough educated people that do get sucked into the misinformation. Um, and I was holding my finger in the air because I was waiting for you to sum up that point, which was my theory when I said, how does it gain steam? And my theory on how it gains steam is because everybody has a computer Right. in their pocket and everybody has the ability to voice their opinions and their thoughts through their computer which is in their pocket but they don't even have to do it as themselves they can right. do it as someone else right if they so please and I, I don't mean identity theft no, but it i does just mean make it easier to you you make a fake profile yeah. a need a dick is your there's fake no, profile. There's no accountability. There's no for accountability for there. your actions. You are, you know, furthering misinformation and it all usually revolves around a severe lack of education, whether it be on the topic or in general. Yeah. I, I find that it, it puts a lot of, um, it puts a lot of subjects in the mainstream conversation and, I've always said or always believed that it was beneficial for, you know, things to catch on and, and to create political discourse and, and, and whatnot among common people. But the caveat being that, you know, the loudest seem to... Um, the loudest wins. It's like the algorithm really helps the loudest in the room, not necessarily the most correct. And that's why I think you've seen some more like internal policing on social media in terms of what what's, gets out there and what goes viral, quote unquote, I guess. Oh, dude, for like a three-day period, I, I, I probably reported a hundred. Yeah. And, and basically that's like, I was starting I, to lose it. My understanding is that's a huge waste of time on a lot of websites, uh, Facebook, especially because they're more likely to like, uh, take action on, on like kids getting bullied and like, sh like more criminalist shit than just like misinformation of people posting like nonsense about a certain topic. Right. And, and, you know, it pops up as the top comment or threat or whatever it is, but yeah. Well, I like one, one, what set me off for like a three day period. I had a couple of people, I had a couple of different people message me. So and, have you like moved yourself away from the, the hockey, uh, uh, post over? Yeah. To well, like of the, course you waded into the, the shit show that is the, uh, anti-vax, anti-vaxxer hospital protester loser sphere. Yeah. But I've since taken a, a step back just because like, I, I don't know. There's just, for a moment in time, I said to Kirsty, like she was saying to me, "There's, there's, there's no point, babe. Like just, just stop, you know." And I, and I said, "But there is a point because the only people that you really hear from are these, these people who." believe that there's a group of people that have an agenda and it's to kill us all or make us infertile right. or, 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 or whatever. Mouth they are the, morons. they are the only people that are like so courageous enough to get on there and be like, the, and be like, read this right now. This is, is what's going on. This is what they're putting in your body. And, and, and not enough of the other side right. are, 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 are helping so right. we're, what we're getting so is... So you feel like there, there needs to be more in the trenches going on. Yes, like, I do. Yeah, I, I, I do. So let me say it for that, because like, 
I do, man. It's uh, and I, and I see that's why people are doing it, and it does get like somewhat annoying in your timeline when you're constantly hearing like about you know how important freedom is, public health is, and vaccines. My and stuff. freedom. It's like I fucking know it is, but like I get why people are doing it because especially I imagine people with platforms feel obliged to like I don't know like. Uh, advocate for something that you that maybe going into this we never thought we would have to advocate for. I would have right? never in my lifetime thought that I would be arguing with people that I know on Facebook or even in person about this, like right. about a health global situation where all of a sudden at one moment we're just going to be like, nope, nope, that's it. I'm fucking done. Doctors, not listening to them anymore. Scientists, go fuck yourselves. Stats, data, take a fucking backseat. Yeah, yeah. Take a backseat. I saw this video online and I'm all in. Yeah. And then that was one person and then it became two people and then it became three people and now it's it's too many fucking people. Yeah. I think a lot of people cling on to personalities like whether it's a politician or some loudmouth on the TV or radio. Like I think that's like cult of personality has a, a role to play there too in that people just bounce around you know, like, like I, you know, I, I, I listen to this guy who's like outside the box. And he's a, you know, uh, uh, you know, what do you call a pseudo intellectual, essentially, right? Someone with right. lots to say, but again, doesn't know what they're actually talking about, right? right? Like, if there's anything, this is exposed among the common folk is that a nobody knows jack shit about medical science. And B, nobody knows jack shit about how the government works. And and right? maybe also importantly, C, do you realize what kind of work and research and, and, and like education years goes into actually being able to decipher and understand data? Yeah. It, it, like people think that it's the same as walking around in grade six and asking people what their favorite color was and then making a fucking pie chart right. based on the results. That is collecting data. What you do with that data to decipher and understand it is a totally different ball game that involves fucking yeah. needles and data freak, scientists. Like, it's crazy. Like like Kirsty brought it to my attention. She's like she's like one of my courses for the entire year, twice a week for three hours, was data. Yeah. Like understanding what this means. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like people going on and saying, well, look at this right here, 56% of these and 28% of these. So if you add those, like, like, no, man. Like you need more than a calculator to, yeah. to understand what's going on here. And like just because you saw something that someone saw something. And the, the one thing that blows my gasket, bro, is when you see people type on there, I know someone. Or they say my, right. they say my cousin's friend or something. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, no. Like, no, like, yes. Okay, listen, bro. Like, That's I, not a source. <laughs> but no, I understand that there have been, like, there have been adverse side effects. There have been some locally. Right, but that's, but that's the thing is nobody can prove that. Like, that's the, pro- that's the problem I have with that. Okay, something bad happened to you after you got the vaccine. That's awful. But don't go fucking blaming the vaccine because I guarantee that no doctor told you, like, yeah, that was because of the vaccine. Because I've read into some people who posted about that, like, something bad happening to them afterwards, and they immediately go and blame the vaccine right? Without any kind of fucking confirmation, any proof, any anything, they just go, oh, well, it was the vaccine. Yeah, but dude, let's assume- I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, but let's it's, assume it's that irresponsible. it was. But let's assume that okay, it was. because sure. No, no, but because you, you can't deny that there obviously are going to be individuals that were affected directly, 
from the from the vaccination. Right. Okay. That 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 is unarguable, dude. If you have a million shots going into people's arms, there's going to be a certain percentage of those million people that have adverse side effects. Yeah, I've okay? kind of hungover. But 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 listen, it could but it could happen with anything. It could happen when you take a Tylenol. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. It could happen with anything. So just because it happens with the shot doesn't mean that you know, it's, it's going to happen to everybody or that the statistics are overwhelming because here's my biggest hammer drop in the entire conversation, which we should wrap up shortly. Sure. But my biggest hammer drop is the exact same people today. I know you hate this, but I I'm happy to have this conversation (laughs) because I've been waiting to have it with someone other than my fiance. There you go. But my biggest hammer drop is this, the same group that today believes that the vaccination is, is, is here to harm us. Okay. Mm. The same group laughed COVID out of the building when mm. it first happened. Fuck right. this. Uh, 99.999% survival rate or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it was. 0.003% of dying from this. Mm-hmm. This is a joke. Give us our freedom back. I'm not wearing a mask. All this other stuff, right? Let's flip the table now. What's the percentage that the vaccination will kill you? Mm. 0.0000003. Right. But yet that number is unacceptable. Right. Why is the the number unacceptable? Because the man told you that number. Right. But why is the number today, which is significantly less likely than, 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 than actually dying from COVID is, why is this number today unacceptable when that higher number yesterday was a joke? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to make sense. That's the, that's the other part. I guess that's what's the mind-numbing aspect of the whole thing and probably why I mentally checked out of the whole scene quite a long time ago. Like, I barely talk about it, you know. Well, just when you thought you were out. I know, yeah. I roped you right back in, bud. Well, I mean, the wife and I will talk about it casually. They're like, you know, like I said, need to know, like, rules are changing or whatever. Right. Like, fucking passport's coming in, you know. I don't care. <laughs> and there's the thing, too. It's like, people don't want to get it. Like, I don't care. You don't fucking announce it to the world, like, Good for you, man. Like you're fucking, you know. Like if you, if if that's how you feel about it, that's just fine. But you don't go screaming from the rooftops that that you know the government's trying to kill we're us. We're all a bunch of we're all a bunch of idiots. Because, yeah, not very profitable for the economy to kill us all. So, I mean, if you want to shoot down that <laughs> argument real quick, let's. <laughs> Yes, yes. The government oh, wants to shut down the the profitable engine that is the economy. Yeah, but you know what? Right? Like, I, 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 this is a this is not a, a real joking matter. But I mean, you know, that we're we're a podcast. Okay, we can have opinions. They are our own. We're so, pretty far along. Like, so is I'll, it- I'll give this to you straight. As I said it to Kirsty the other day, I was like, all right. So if everything, I said, wouldn't this be just the most insane? example of all time of of irony on a global level if at the end of all of this basically natural selection runs its course and the people that don't that's, get vaccinated dude, see you later that's what i've been saying the whole time man like if if we're gonna see natural selection in action it's happening it could be I mean, Republicans and states are killing their own supporters. They're killing their own voters, <laughs> oh my God. right? Like, they're going to need those in a few years. Oh, it just never ends. Like, there is, 
And like, go ahead and laugh. Like, honestly, we're far enough along in this thing that like we're allowed to laugh at it. I agree. Like, I understand it's a public health emergency and not a laughing matter for people who born the brunt of it, i.e., healthcare workers. Yeah. But uh, we we've got to like trudge ahead somehow and laugh and and. And I also understand that it's while it is a topical issue, it's probably not the issue that a lot of our listeners were tuning in ready to listen to. But on 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 another level, though, I did have two separate people ask me a when we're coming back and B if we were going to talk about this <laughs> and I said why do you want us to and both of them were like yeah because it's so topical and everyone's got their own opinion and it's it's an interesting topic and to be honest with you I am glad we covered it because I, I, I did I did want to get it off my chest to other people like to people other than my parents and and my fiance people you talk to on a regular basis yeah yeah and yeah. we all have the same opinions you know I, I maybe it would have been better if we were able to sit here across the table and argue with each other but that's what's sad about this lesco is like there are actual instances that i know of and i can confirm this source if you want to challenge me mm. but i know of actual people that are li literally losing family lesco because well, like the one one of Kiersey's friends had a baby right. and she said like when you guys come by like I know you're not vaccinated so when you guys come by would you please wear a mask for right. for our one week old baby yeah. and they said no See, that's and she said well then you're not welcome at the house right and now they don't talk to her or their son right because it was like that was that was her in-laws it was her in-laws <laughs> that she asked so now they've lost the grandparents or right. at least or at least for the time being we'll see right. if we'll see what happens down the road but people are losing friends people are losing family members mm -hmm. over the most ridiculous argument in human history. Yeah. I mean, it's 20% of the population-ish or so right now. It's even less, actually. It's like 15% does have no shots. So welcome to tyranny of the majority, the foundation of democracy. We have a monopoly on the use of force. Get used to it. I mean, it's like the worst part of it for me is like, oh, I fucking government. Tell me what to do. Dude, they've been telling me what to do every day of your fucking every life. Day. <laughs> what are you talking about? This isn't new. Like, Why don't you drive 150 like, everywhere? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm first fucking guy to question government authority and fucking you know, decisions or whatever. And, yeah. and, shit, and, and, I, and I believe in fucking civil disobedience when it's warranted and shit like that. This ain't it, man. This ain't it. If you're looking for, you know, and, and I think the over the top, like hyperbole and rhetoric is what really gets me because like everyone just has to throw on the worst of terms to like really make it alarmist and like really make it like it sounds the worst thing ever. All fucking communism, fucking dictators and fucking this. Like, dude, move to China and tell me about fucking communism. Dude, that's like, exactly you know what. what I mean? Move to fucking China and get thrown in a fucking uh, camp because you disagreed with the fucking government. Tell me about fucking tyranny dude like that's the thing it really softens like it, it really like almost like usurps the definitions of these terms when you when they're getting thrown around so lightly you know what yeah, I dude mean? that's um that is literally what set me off for my three-day tangent of replying and i even fuck i even went into like the local groups like i have a business to run at some point you know yeah, i said <laughs> i said to kirstie i was like you know what babe i was like i i I'm 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 done with it. I'm I'm going to be I'm going to lead the other side. Like I'm going to fight back. Right. I'm going to fight back. And I wasn't fighting back against people who were like, I don't want to get the vaccine because I don't know what's in it and whatever. And I was like, you know what? You you people are not who I'm here for. Okay? I'm here for the other people that are like, this is why I'm not getting it. And they start sending out all this false shit, like right. fucking all the nonsense. Three G fucking chips and shit in our show. <laughs> like, no, those were the things that I was reporting and fighting back against. Right. But what set me off was someone on our on our list was like, 
really adamant for like a week posting multiple things. And finally I'd had enough. And his post was about like taking away my freedom. I can't go to like a hockey game, you know, unless I get this uh, death jab or whatever, death talk jab. about freedoms and whatever. I'm so scared and, of a needle. And, and, and I, I just commented, I said, listen, man, like it, it, you're still free to do what you want. You just can't go to that game. Yeah. You know, you yeah. just can't go. Show me, show me where in the human rights code, it says you're allowed to go to NHL hockey. Yeah. Right. So anyway, moron. so anyway, Kirstie actually jumped on and she had a, a very, very conservative, like right down the middle comment that was basically like healthcare workers Here's are, like healthcare workers are, are fed up at this point in time. We've worked tirelessly over the past two years, like preparing for this and helping people. And this is this is the thanks we get. Like we're being called like monsters, and we're not right. doing we're we're not protecting the people. Like it's really disheartening. Also, like it's not it's not your right to go to a hockey game or out to dinner. Right. Like those are privileges, right? Yeah. They're not rights. And and he called her a communist Nazi. Oh well, that's. Uh... Yeah, that's pretty far out of. Uh, so yeah, that's it. like how more clear could you make it that you have no fucking idea what you're talking about? You know tell I mean? us all you're an idiot. Yeah. Without what actually is, telling us I'm you're an idiot. idiot. Exactly, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and like that's that's what set me off, and it was going on for a couple of days. <laughs> like even Kirsty was like commenting on one of my things. She's like, I think it's time to dial it back. Jeez, you, like, you need hockey season to come back so oh bad, my man. God, <laughs> you're right. You got it. You got it. Like. You, I'm glad to hear you're still battling out in the trenches, but you really need hockey season to come back. But I'm fighting the good fight. Uh, yeah, well, at least you're on the right side of history. Like, I'm not that. calling people tools because they hate the Leafs. Right. I'm not even calling people tools because they're sharing misinformation. I'm literally, like, it's a different side of me battling. Like, right. it's, it's, it's a very... It's a very this is for the good of the world. It's a very prim and proper thing, you right. know? Like, I very rarely am like, where'd you get your medical degree? Google you? You know, like, like, you know, it takes a lot for me to get to that point. It's yeah. not like attacking the person. It's just like, listen, like, you know, what you're doing is dangerous. Yeah. If I make one more point, and I think I've made it on the show previously, but it, it, there's one thing, and, and a lot of people can't help but resist dunking on people on the internet. Look how stupid this guy is. But you realize yeah. you're just amplifying that shit. Like, you, you realize that people are out there actively trying to get you to dunk on them because they know it'll get more exposure and more traffic on their post, right? Like, you got to understand how this shit works in the game they're playing. So it's bait. If, yeah, it's, it's, exactly, it's fucking bait. Like, they're not looking to be right. They're looking to get you to fucking comment on it. Yeah. Right? So, like, keep that in mind when you're trolling around and, and you know, feeding into the machine that is, you know, the, the fucking crazy, you know, digital world we, we spend most of our time in these days, right? All right, man. Back to the ice. Let's do it. Yeah. Way too fucking serious there. Um, <laughs> I had fun. I yeah, had fun. No, I, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to it back and we listen just to got myself. Like a whole summer's worth of shit off her chest there. Out of boy. Um, where we had, we want to had a little leaf stuff there. A little, I guess so. Well, why don't, boring, uh, uneventful topic. Why, don't, why don't we make the announcement here? We were next week. We're going to be back. Are we going to, we're going to be back. Eh? We're going to yes, do we weekly episodes. Um, I'm not sure if this is a, uh, set in stone or not, but it, we, we may, we may end up settling on on a tuesday night is that a schedule that we might want to settle Could into be, but hockey yeah leafs play no we have hockey though oh shoot that's right yeah with tuesday night hockey well it's at nine we'll figure it out anyways okay so anyway uh next week we will welcome a uh, friend of the show luke fox back uh from sportsnet luke fox from sportsnet he joined us preseason last year 
Yeah. Talking, talking a little leaf talk. That's talking right. a little hip hop too. Yeah. Great guest. Great yeah, friend. great guy. So uh, yeah, I was chatting with him today. And he's going to join us next Tuesday. We're going to record if all things go well and there's no scheduling issues. Uh, we're going to record next Tuesday. So uh, I'm really looking forward. If you, if our listeners remember, uh, let's go did a rapid fire with, uh, with Luke Fox at the very end of the episode. And he was uh, rhyming off all of his answers. I don't even really know what we asked him. I think it was, you know, th- things about points and how many wins Freddie would get or how many games he would start. Or I don't know. I'm really looking forward to playing it back actually. Uh, Cause there were some good questions that you asked him and he specifically said, you got to have me back. And uh, I think he even, said have me back at the end of the year to see how I did but I think we can all agree that the end of the year was just <laughs> way too painful to even entertain not only bringing him back we would have been poor hosts to bring we would have been for poor that hosts. show yeah so now it's been a whole off season we're back at it we're really looking forward to uh to bringing him on so starting next week we'll have Luke Fox uh, and then I think you and I briefly chatted again, I don't know if it's set in stone, but I was thinking about doing some, some guests leading up to the start of the season. So some recurring guests that we've had on the show previously, uh, I'm thinking, you know, Nick Alberga, co-host of, uh, the fan 590 Leafs nation, um, Jake Hahn and Tyler Madras, both of Sirius XM NHL network radio channel 91. Yeah, we'll definitely line up some uh, good guests for you guys to queue up the NHL season. Fuck. It's coming up quick, man. Uh, Camp a couple weeks, right? Dude, uh-huh. it's going to be here so quick, especially now that we're back to recording. And if we are going to bring on some guests, like, you know, guests guests make homework in a good way. Oh, for Like, sure. you have to do your homework when you, when you bring a guest on. You got to prepare. So all of a sudden, these weeks are going to absolutely fly by. Oh, we're yeah. going to have a bunch of PTOs going down. I can't wait to see who goes where. Bozy just went back to St. Louis today. Yes, I saw that. I kind of hoping maybe he might come home to T.O. Fuck could use a third line center, that's for right? sure. Yeah. Anyways. I guess we'll hang on to the Leafs then, and we'll we'll talk a little more about their offseason next week when Luke is on with us. Okay, but you can still ask me the question that you have in the oh. prep about, like, it, it's been it's been a summer now. Okay, like, so just, I just like, what okay? is your, I guess, uh, what is your thoughts? Just like, we'll just take the offseason, but obviously, I get, that's, but but the problem is here is that you're, you're influ- you were still influenced by what happened. No, last but year. I, I think but the question would okay. be: is all things considered, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Like, are you are you still angry? Are you satisfied? Are you indifferent to what's happened since? Like, where where are you at as a fan going into next year? Because I I want to say that I've tuned out hard after they lost, and I've like slowly started to be like, okay. All right, like maybe because the season's coming and it's just the way it goes in the cycle. So I have what I believe to be the only correct answer to this question. You ready for it? Yeah. I am excited, very excited for two reasons. One of them is Leafs related and one of them is hockey related. And I feel like this is the only correct answer, okay? You guys have to, you guys have to agree with me. You should be excited. Reason number one, watch Austin Matthews score goals because we used to get excited every single year to watch Alex Ovechkin score goals or, you know, let's go way back in the day and watch Jonathan Chichu score 50 goals, you know, Danny (laughs) Heatley. Every time people were lighting it up, we were excited to watch them. And now the guy that is going to light it up and probably lead the league in scoring is on our team. So while the regular season really doesn't mean a whole lot because it all matters what they do in the playoffs, I Mm -hmm. get that. 
but we still have a chase to watch, a right. rocket to to win, and you know a, a sixty goal season to right. to chase down. So that is reason number one, Leafs related. Why I'm very excited for the season. Fair. Reason number two, which is hockey related, is it has been forever since we had real, actual, normal hockey. Mm-hmm. Okay, and not only are we going to return to real, actual, normal hockey, we're adding an expansion team in there. Okay, so we've got another team. We're all back to the regular divisions. We're playing 31 opponents, road games, home games. We have Olympics coming up this year. Like there are so many reasons to get right back in, Mm -hmm. and those are... The two correct answers right. right there, my friend. I like how you found a way to get excited for the season without really thinking big picture Leafs because that's the only dis- depressing aspect of a Leaf fan. But I guess the nice thing about the new season starting for me as well is that you can really put last year behind you, which I think is on a, a yearly basis has been a, a thing for me. Is, is moving like, on? Moving on. It's like the new season starts, good, we can... Full steam ahead, blinders on, back to just good old watching the games and, and, and well, it's enjoying a new, it. It's a new season. Why, right? why, why should you just automatically carry that shit forward? Like, I'm gonna That's tr- why we suck as fans because we just carry so much baggage. Right. And, and, and you know, I'm going to try to enjoy the season. And, like, and, and last year it was a whole lot of like didn't get too worked up about anything because it's like we're always trying to extrapolate it in the playoffs, right? We're like, hey, this can't happen in the playoffs. Or if they do this in the playoffs, then that'll help them and right. whatever. And I think there's going to be a lot of that going on this year as well. But I'm just going to try and sit back and, and enjoy watching the games as much as I can. Um, just knowing full well that that whether they're playing terrible or they're playing great, it, it isn't going to matter until the chips are down, right? Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, further to my second reason of excitement, the whole league-wide reason, I'm, I'm going to be watching a ton. Like, I'm going to be watching it on my phone. I'm going to have it in my pocket. Like, I, I don't know how long that will last, but at least to start, man, like, it's just, it, it just feels like it's been, it feels like it's been forever since I really cared. And, and I know that that sounds funny and it's hindsight biased hugely because, you know, if you saw me here in the garage or, you know, you watched any of our videos that we had in the brief playoff run that they did have, um, I was clearly excited. I was clearly engaged, but there was always just something in the back of my mind that was kind of like, well, you know, this is very leafy if this is the year that they win the cup or, you know, if they win two or three rounds even, and it won't mean anything because of the weird siloed divisions where we only played the Canadian teams and it was one of the, well, probably the weakest division in the league. And, you know, we had our path gifted to us to the finals. Like all these things just, they they bore heavy weight on me as mm. I as I watched the season. And I think... Um, if we if we replay the tape, I, I I made that known pretty well early on in the podcast during that shortened season. Right. This is going to be a ton of fun. I'm glad to have hockey back. I think it's going to be cool, you know, playing multiple teams a bunch of times. But I think it'll get old. And and I also recall saying that it, it's going to be a tough season because no matter who wins, they're going to be looked down upon. I think the only team 
that could win and not be looked down upon was Tampa. Was Tampa and they, they did win. Well, there's no taking it away from them. So, right? like they're the best team in the NHL. Anyone would have told you that last year. Like, they won in the bubble. You know, I bet on them before the season began last sure. year. And they won in easy. the bubble. Right, yeah. and 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 then they won in in the shortened uh, siloed division season with the weird divisions. Mm-hmm. They they won both. Like they were clearly the best team. It's not like some team like Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel like that one had some different outrage to yes. go with it. And, right? and, and if it was Toronto, let's go. That's my point. Right. Okay. It would have been valid. I would not have been able to look at someone and say you're wrong. The Leafs right. were Stanley Cup champions, and it wasn't for any reason well, other the, than they were the best. The bare, the bare facts is that they had a, a very easy path, and I think that's the stinger for the fans. It's like, you know go full well going into this season that it's not going to resemble that whatsoever. They'll be in tough. They'll be in a dogfight for likely second to third in the division with Florida and Boston. That's really the outlook for this season. Like, we've got to... Right. In, in terms of like realistic projections, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I saw someone like, you know, relatively sh- shortly after the end of the season, I, I saw someone comment on social media saying, this is why I never wanted the Leafs to win because of, of this reason. Because I said something about that. Like I, I wasn't talking about the Leafs. I was just talking about the league in general. Right. When, I think it was a post about like Tampa. Like about how, how the year was so upside down. Yeah, and- it, it was a post about, Tam- about Tampa winning. And and I said I said this is this is the outcome that the NHL was like the kind was of best thing for. that could happen. It's the best thing that could have happened. The right. best team in the league won in a fucked up season. Right. They didn't have to award some stupid team that would have never made it, like Montreal. You know, they didn't have to do that. And someone commented on my post and said, "This is why, as a Leaf fan, I did not want the Leafs to win." And that guy got fucking lit up. Well, just deservedly just, so. Just though. immediately, my immediate reaction is, "Fuck you, bud." Yeah, yeah you would. De- deservedly so, because I told him, I said, "I said, bro." Because at the Leafs one, you couldn't. Nobody tell me shit. I ain't listen to any logic or like. Oh, well, the easiest path. I don't give a fuck. I be flipping double birds. We won. Just we won. Suck it, like. You know. But you, you can't – don't lie to me right no, now. There would be know. something back absolutely. here. Absolutely, like, because those are facts. Like, you're absolutely right. But right? yet, if they did win it, you couldn't – you wouldn't be able to tell me shit. You so, know? I, I feel like what like you wouldn't be able to take any of it away from me as a fan. I'd I agree. I'd be riding it so hard. I agree. Know? I'd get a ring and everything. I agree. <laughs> I'd get my so, own ring. So, the, 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 I guess the moral of my story and where I'm going with this is that it was really – it was tough, man. You had the Taveras thing, and then Muzzin goes down, and then I knew we were losing, and then the team no-showed for Game 7, right? Yeah. Like It was really tough, and we— It was we, hard to watch. We took it, we took it on the nose as fans from, from all over the place, even non-hockey— uh, like like social media pages and stuff. Well, that story like, made like it, it was, was like bad. memeable. It made yeah, headlines. It was it's bad. Like- so it was tough. But I think at the end of the day, when I really take my time to 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 think about everything and how I felt during the season and and how I felt leading into the playoffs and thinking, man, like we've got a path here. Like we could win and what that might feel like. I think all things considered. It, it made it easy for me to flip the page. Don't, yeah, okay. Don't you feel like as well for the players that that whole narrative that surrounded the team last year going to the playoffs, like this year results in less pressure? No. Just because the I path don't. is less defined? Or do you think because of the manner in which they lost, pressure's on even harder because they really got to fucking figure it out? They did it again. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess and, and, because and, and, it, yeah. And they did it again against a much inferior opponent. Right. Right. Okay, they did it again previously against other opponents that were formidable: Washington, right. Boston, Boston, and then Columbus. I wouldn't call them formidable, but but it was way, winnable. The, it was winnable. The way that they played in the series, yes. like the Columbus, manner in which they lost. Yeah, yeah, Columbus played well, played them hard. The Leafs came back and won that crazy game where it looked like they were going home, and you know ultimately they did go home. But it was a tough series. Like they they did it again. In, in, in the worst way imaginable. And it's unfair to take all those variables and put them in the bucket, but you're carrying that bucket, man. Yeah. And, and the variables just keep on fucking piling in. Marner, no goals in 28 playoff games or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like this variable, that variable, siloed divisions, easiest path in the history. Like, fuck, you yeah. know, injured price or whatever the case may be. Like, there was lots of variables in there and the bucket is getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. So for that reason alone, I would have to disagree and say... Yeah, the pressure is on even more. But I, I, at the same time, I think that the players should remove a, a part of it. Like well, have re- remove some you're, of that stress pro, and hang it on the wall that's, for the fucked up season. That's what separates the men from the boys. Moving the guys on. Who move on. You know what I mean? Like every, every fucking superstar in the NHL, especially any of them that have won anything, have dealt with some forms of adversity, some disappointing loss, some columnists saying that they deserve to be traded or they're not the guy to get it done. I mean, the, what? and I, I probably said the exact words, but really what makes you a pro is the ability to forge ahead and move on and fucking not carry that around with you because I think that's what... You think about how mental and cerebral the game is of hockey from a momentum and an emotional standpoint... Like, you have to be able to let that shit go in order to perform at your peak. Well, did you see the Marner quote? Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved and like, it. And, and it was a good example of, like... He knows. Well, he, he knows damn well what, knows. We're, what we're talking about. <laughs> he watched it happen before he played for the team. And, like, <laughs> fuck me for people who tell me that guy doesn't care because he fucking cares. Like He, he knows he what care. it's like. He probably was that fan. He's probably as mad as we are, man. No, but I mean, like, when he was younger, he was probably that fan that was like, who, why do we not fucking trade this guy, man? Fuck. Jonas Hoagland. (laughs) Fucking trade his ass. You know, like, Nick Antropov. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, he was probably one of those fans. Yeah. Young, irrational, outspoken. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a pretty charismatic guy. Anybody search his social He was probably just like that. Mm-hmm. And now he is understanding what it's like to be on the other side of that fence. Hopefully, because of that history that he has with the team, we can forge some sort of like love-hate relationship yeah. where we forgive you and you forgive us and we're going to move forward. But for the love of God, when? <laughs> yeah, they can't be surprised. It's just how you, how you deal with it, right? Right. Um, Olympics, you did uh, mention earlier that the Olympics are back. That is huge news. Um, surprising, no, because I know it was rumored in the summer that they had a deal in place, basically, and it was just sorting out, kind of crossing the I's, dotting the T's or whatever. And 
Like I'm, I'm pretty friggin' excited about this. I know I, I felt really cheated in the last Olympics uh, with the non-professional hockey. Now it was still good hockey, and and uh, I thought Germany was a great story in that as well. Uh, the fact that they went deep and and um, ended up taking the silver, but I have no memory um, of this. No, yeah, well, that's how unnotable it was in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. No memory. of I don't this, think it was leading TSN. You're or anything. on your own, bud. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how stoked are you the Olympics back? Like, I, I, you know what I enjoy, you're not gonna actually? Like, you're not going to like my take. No? I, I have a bad take. All right. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. But I, what I, I guess <laughs> what I'm looking forward to, despite the event itself, is the colossal debate that goes on of who should play on Team Canada and all the, the mock teams and the debating that's going to go on. Oh, over it's the one of the greatest months. debates in the history of professional sports. Yeah, trying to cram trying as to much cr- talent as you can on Team Canada without having the, uh, I guess, the, the perception that, that they're too one-dimensional or that they're too much of the same. Right. Um, well, let's, let's, let's have that conversation a little closer, too, like when we're, you know, because it's nice to see what storylines are made. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and there could be some injuries. You'd be throwing darts right now, so. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the... There's, there's locks. There's lots, there's locks and, and whatnot, and you can have a conversation yeah. of that any day of the week, but I, I personally, I'd rather have that conversation on the makeup of the team a lot closer, too. Um, and have, we have obviously never had an Olympics to, to cover together. Oh no, yeah. Not, That'll not, be a ton of fun, man. And... Like we can do shows like, you know, covering Olympic hockey instead of Leafs hockey. Yeah, for sure. Which and, will and be really sweet. I'm really excited for. Pucks in China. Um, Pucks in China. <laughs> so where it is. I think we're too politically outspoken for China. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try and tap it, tap it in the Chinese market? Maybe piggyback no. on this Olympic thing? No, thanks. I'm yeah, okay. I think we'd get censored out of there so fast. All right. Are you ready for my hot take? Because you asked me how excited I am for the Olympics. Well, I will say I'm excited for, uh, and it's going to sound weird, but Team USA. Oh, dude, I love Team USA. Because they are going to be better than they've been in a while. Dude, so, in, in 2010, USA was my gold medal pick. They are going to be, but they were a huge underdog. I think that they're going to be the less of an underdog this time around. Yeah, but you see, they were only an underdog because the man said so. Well, I loved and, Team USA in 2010. The, you know, look loved at the construction it. of that team. Loved like, it. They constructed that team a certain way. If you, especially it was to play Canada. To play Canada, right? Exactly. They weren't the they weren't the most talented team. They weren't even as talented as the Russians. It was to play Canada. But they had a, they had a deep team just designed to grind out Canada in two and it games. Almost and worked. it almost worked. And dude, obviously, I'm not like I would not have been happy. If they won, would have been heartbroken. But 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 I would have definitely yeah. loved saying "fucking told you told so,", so right? because everyone told yeah. me I was a moron. USA, they're terrible. They might they're not even going to medal. And I was yeah. like, not only will they medal, they're going to fucking beat us yeah. in the gold medal game. You watch. And I was sitting outside, almost crying on my front step at the university that was when Parise fucking tied the game. Yeah. And my buddy came over and he's like. Don't tell me you're not a little bit pumped because you're you might be right. And I was like, fuck off and get away from me. Right. Like I didn't want to hear that joke at that time. I was mad. Like yeah. I was mad that that we were potentially gonna lose here. And you know what it's like, man, when you give up the tying goal going into OT, you're going into OT thinking you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just excited just because I feel like the rivalry is gonna be there. Like I, I don't think Canada's gonna walk away with it. I think USA is gonna have something to say about it, largely due to the high powered offense they're gonna bring to that tournament. Dude, the Finns. Mm, also intriguing. Oh, and they've gotten nothing but better internationally over the Don't last several years. Don't sleep on the Finns, baby. So what's your, so what's your uh, bunk <clears throat> take on okay. this? Okay. All right. My hot take, I like it when we don't go. How so? Because. Because you're Gary? Because we get 
we get NHL hockey for the whole season. Ah. And there's no like three week break. Mm. And but there's Olympics in that three week break. Okay, how many how many amazing games are there in the Olympics? Mm, yeah, so you got a fair point there from the okay. entertainment standpoint. So from an entertainment standpoint, because there's only like four teams that fucking matter, and there's only two games that matter, or five teams that matter, and there's only two games that matter. True. Okay, now I understand that all the games matter, and there might be a preliminary game against a juggernaut that will be fun, but it will always and forever be a preliminary game. It doesn't really matter. So the only games that really matter are the semifinals and the finals. And more often than not, the semifinal isn't that breathtaking. It's Mm -hmm. just the final that is amazing. So what my point is that I am a Toronto Maple Leaf hockey fan first Mm -hmm. and foremost, and I am a Team Canada fan always. Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether the NHL players participate or not, I cheer for Team Canada with my fellow Canadians. Right. It is a nice time because Sens fans and Leafs fans and Habs fans can all get along and cheer for the same team. Mm. But we have World Juniors every year, and we get yep. to cheer for Team Canada every year up and Always have kids. that international flavor. Event. There's yeah. international flavor every year. And then every four years, the Olympics causes a, a huge disruption in an otherwise pretty important and impactful section of the NHL season, the final right. third the final third, like I guess the beginning of the final third of the NHL season. And then we send all these players away and some of them get hurt and then they can't help their team in the playoff push or whatever the case may be. And I personally, as a Toronto Maple Leaf hockey fan and an NHL hockey fan, I get, I get robbed of my opportunity to watch games that matter, playoff races, four-point games, Uh, I get robbed of the opportunity to watch those games every single night of the week. And I only get maybe a few good games in the Olympics and Mm. one game that is absolutely epic. Yeah. I still think it's cooler though because sometimes that's a dead like dog kind of time of the season, you know, where a team's really like locked into their position in the standings and the hockey's not so meaningful. That's but, fair. And it's every four years. I mean, it's pretty fucking exciting. But I think a lot of the excitement is locked into, like I said, the roster construction. Like just seeing what kind of roster they can ice. And like, you know, I, I'd say you can look at almost all those five teams that are really the, the interesting teams to watch and like nitpick about who they brought in their third and fourth lines or, or whatever, or, or how they decide to play those guys together. I just always find it intriguing to have all these different super teams. Now, I, I, I read a really good article the other day about the um, dire straits, I guess, of the Chinese hockey program. Now, they've been having a uh, shit show, basically, I guess, getting this hockey team together. Um, having some issues. It goes back to the Kunlun Red Star team in the KHL that they started to hopefully like build some hockey and uh, grow some local players and have them play at high level, blah, blah. But it's just been debacle over debacle and like government infighting, trying to like, um, you know, ice a competitive team and interfering and, and preventing recruitment and just uh, everything is going wrong in, okay. in any way. So there's a good Dumpster article fire. in Athletic about it. Uh, that kind of explains what's going on. But the fear is right now, and, and so because of the rules, China gets automatic berth into the hockey tournament, right? And they were adamant about that. They really wanted that. And like the according to some people with knowledge of what the Chinese team is to look like, and this includes some 
like North Americans who have basically gotten like fucking hastily done duly citizenships because they played because uh, they play like in the Asian Pacific League or some shit or okay. or played for Kunlun Red Star. Um, they believe that China is going to get smacked like fifty nothing. Like, it's that fucking bad. Now, apparently, they don't have the same problem with the women's team. Their women's team is not ranked high, but ranked, like, 36th or something. Okay. But their men's team is, like, bottom of the barrel brutal. Like, talking, like, junior A caliber, maybe junior B caliber fucking <laughs> hockey team here. Okay. So, like, that's, that's going to be a whole interesting story to watch on its own in the lead-up to the Olympics and at the Olympics itself if they insist on it's icing a team because right now it looks like it's not even worth it. Well, let's move to China and suit up. Well, that's the thing. And I was like, well, you know, Chinese government never called me. Like, Why I, not? I don't know. Like, So I guess what they're trying to do is find like Asian-Americans, right, who, who they can, you know, their families are from China so they can do up some fucking documents to allow them to play. And the guy played college five years ago or something like sure. that, right? Beer league. Imagine, imagine being over there and being someone like that and, and, and they ask you and you're like, well, yeah, like obviously – like, it's crazy that I have this opportunity. It just so happens, you know, I've been here five years and, and you know, I'm yeah. playing the Olympics. You know here. what they should call is AJ Galanti there and maybe <laughs> let him help build their build team. The team. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Imagine being over there, though. Like, dude, you're in, you're on the fucking squad. You have yeah. no business being there whatsoever. And you're, you're technically in the Chinese Communist Army, but you don't even know it. <laughs> you're back, That's where your checks come from. You're back checking against Connor McDavid and Team Canada, just getting lit up. Um, lastly, before we move on from Olympics, I think... I think another uh, another point that I, I feel like I have to make in my terrible take that I don't really care that much for the players to go. It's not that I hate that they're going. It's just you know I'm okay when they don't. I'm 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 fine when they don't go because we get NHL hockey. Um, the time difference is going to be tough. It's tough. Oh yeah. What am I supposed to do? Absolutely. What am I supposed to do? Take off work, watch games, watch them on fucking replay, watch them while I'm at work. Like no, like no. Bring the Olympics closer to me. And, and sure, if the NHL players are there, then I'll then I'll definitely go because I've got games. You know, I have Olympic hockey on at seven o'clock. That does. I'm not. Suck. I'm not going to have anything on for three weeks in February. I'm not going to have anything on to watch dur- during prime, prime time. time. Yeah, I guess that'll be a weird thing for the networks too because they certainly won't capitalize like they did when say like Vancouver, Salt Lake. Like, you know, it's not even. It's uh, not even close. Not even the same league because you just can't count on. The like when ship. when they were there, Lesko, you had non hockey fans watching. Yeah. Now what that they're over the in China, one? you're gonna have you're gonna have the exact opposite effect. The last one was in South Korea, so it was weird times too. Like, yeah, I which is the, also why the I one time I, watch. I watched one of the games is because I stayed up drinking one night till like sure. one a.m. and I was like, oh, a hockey game, hey, yeah, <laughs> whoop de doo, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, so last time, like not last time, but let's say when they were in Vancouver or when they were in Salt Lake or like when they're close, okay. You have non-hockey fans tuning in plus every single hockey right. fan, casual and hardcore. So you have like a right? bigger audience than your general salary. But game. now over in China, even though the NHL players are going, or we're assuming they are going, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll go. But like, anyways, um, now we have NHL players going. You're actually going to lose the non-hockey fans. You're going to lose a lot of casual hockey fans. And you're going to lose some hardcore fans because we have to work. Right. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, I guess we it, must work. I guess maybe that's why that the networks like I don't know. I, I'd be interested to know the numbers after the tournament so we can kind of test that theory to see how how it compares to your average highly rated NHL hockey game. So 
Um, it won't help if you know I, it's Switzerland know it's, versus Austria for the gold medal. I know it's different too because the NHL rights holders are not the Olympic rights holders all the time either. So there's right. there's that whole thing. Um, I guess kind of speaking in the media, I did want to move on and make some notes there. There was a couple big media movements in the off season here. Um, one of them being Frank Saravelli. Um, big loss there for TSN. I kind of saw him as like the heir apparent to Bob McKenzie's retirement, you know, becoming okay. like the, the lead insider guy, right? And he goes over to uh, uh, Daily Faceoff, right? That's a huge pickup. That's a huge get for, for what was essentially a website a few years ago for, yep. for fantasy, fantasy lineups. Yep. And now they've be, kind of become this, I think they're part of the Nation Network and they're... Um, uh, you know, they've got blogs now, they've got video content, podcasts, you name it. Um, what a huge get for them. And um, I know he's doing a podcast over there as well. Um, so that's, that's, and as we saw during the Seattle expansion draft, I mean, this guy, he's on the ball. He ruined the whole fucking draft for everybody yeah. in the middle of the afternoon. Oh yeah, that's right. Like if you're in the NHL, you couldn't fucking like put it closer to the deadline or like, I don't know, like, could you not have avoided that? Like, you know, the NHL was pissed at him, I'm sure. But what he's just doing I his job. I was pissed at him. He's just doing his job. I though. know, but I know, but I wasn't pissed at him. Right. I was, you were just pissed at the fact that he was able to get the info and, like, spoil the whole event. I was, I was really looking forward to watching it. And then when, when the picks got spoiled, I did not watch. No, no, I didn't either. And if I'm one, I then, was like, great, I don't have to watch now. Well, see, and I'm a, little, I'm a little on the opposite side. Like, I was really gearing up to watch like it. Like, a I, spectator was interested. Yeah, I had even, you know, made sure to tell Kiersey, like, hey, hon, you know, I'm going to be busy tonight. Expansion draft, I'm really looking forward to it. It's not like it happens every year. So, you know, I was looking forward to it to see what kind of production value they would put in. And, and then the picks got ruined. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not watching. Like, there's, mm. there's zero reason for me to watch this now. Now, was that a bit of a letdown? I know we always overhype things, trade deadline, et cetera. And this was really overhype. Oh, Seattle's going to start, you know, weaponizing their cap space and, and fleecing everybody. And, like, they were super quiet. Like, and what I, what I gather, and I, and, uh, and I believe I heard from a few different analysts was that it sounded like they really overplayed their hand. Like they went, we're going to hold fucking everything you want ransom, you know, like uh, for example, carry price uh, the the price, the pick to not, uh, excuse me, the price to not pick price was <laughs> apparently outlandish. Yes. Right. It was. And yet they didn't even pick them anyway. Right. Imagine they, they, you know, Montreal ponied that up or something like that. Like they tried to extort teams and it didn't work because they had just gone through it with Vegas yeah, and but, a lot of teams got fleeced. But it's fair. It's fair that they tried and it didn't work. I suppose, but like I feel like, I don't know, I feel like if that was their primary focus, then they left a lot on the table because I look at their roster, yeah, they're in a weak division, but they didn't do as well as Vegas, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but okay, I can tell you exactly why they didn't do as good as Vegas. Like, here is my theory. Like, teams learn. That's point one. That yeah, but I don't think it is. I think point one is flat cap. Okay, that's point one. Point one is COVID. Right. All right, Vegas did not have a global pandemic shutting down gate revenue and mm -hmm. losing money for everybody. Right, teams were willing to trade, spend. We want to go for a cup this year. We can't. We don't want you taking this guy, so we're going to give you this guy, and we're going to right. eat. You know, like it was crazy. So yes, I'd say the two of them maybe on par. COVID and the flat cap, and teams learning their lesson from mm -hmm. a rough go around with Vegas. Okay, mm -hmm. I'd put those. I'd put those one A and one B because while I can see your point where you say you know 
maybe they overplayed their hand and they didn't they didn't succeed. That could be the case, but I think that that you saying or not you, but anyone saying that they didn't succeed, I think you're going to have to take a quick review after a year or two, right? When they still have the ability to make more moves and they still have the ability to be, they still have that cap space. Yeah, they, it's not they, gone. There's still a landing spot for other teams. Yeah. So a team right now that wants to go for it this year, when when they try and go for it and they're over the cap like most teams are in the playoffs, and they win or lose, they're going to have to make moves. And a mm. hugely popular destination for those moves is going to be Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken. So mm. it's not just what happened right now in the expansion season I think it's for the next few seasons until this flat cap goes away right I think they did make like you know they it's not saying that they didn't pick up good players I think they picked up a lot of good players and you know um, it seems that some of the splashes they made too was outside of the expansion draft itself for example sniping up Philip Grubauer um, that was a little unexpected. Uh, picking up Adam Larson from uh, from Edmonton. I mean, that was a that's a huge loss for the Oilers. That Grubauer pickup was sick. Yeah, like nobody saw that coming. No, right. And that was a hell of a move in order to come up with a bona fide starter when they did have a plethora of options. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, th- I thought for a second they were going to end up with Marc Andre Fleury right? before he went to Chicago there. Yeah. So yeah. that would have been interesting. Eh? Have the flower be the face of another expansion another team expansion just team? a couple of years later. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet, that actually. Been quite the story. I guess they already had two guys named Fleury. They didn't need another one, <laughs> yeah. right? So. I, I, I think Seattle's situation right now is a lot different than Vegas in the sense that Vegas weaponized their cap space to the best of their ability. And it was and then like, maxed it out because they were good. And it was like you said, it was kind of unbeknownst to the other GMs. They were playing right into their hands. Right. Okay, they didn't know that at the time, but in hindsight, it turns out that they played right into their hand. So Vegas was kind of, I don't want to say gifted because they did the right moves, all right? They they didn't get it put on them on a silver platter. They had to make the moves, and they made them. So you got to give them a pat on the back. But while Vegas, you know, entered into the league and all of a sudden was an immediate contender, I think due to the other reason being COVID and the the flat cap, I think uh, Seattle's you know, maybe their strategy right now isn't necessarily to be a super contender right off the bat, but let's build ourselves along and sign good contracts and not have any dead weight on our books, Mm -hmm. have lots of cap space to help other teams, but only for a year or two. Right. Because then when the cap goes back up and all of a sudden we get a huge inflation in the cap and it's up to a hundred million, we will have a great team with great contracts and more cap space. More, yeah. More we'll get even more cap space. Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for them taking like almost the realistic path, and maybe the one that Vegas initially entered with would be like, yeah, we'll aim to be a playoff team in two years. We'll aim to be like a bona fide playoff team potential. You know, like winning a round or two, and and see if we can add to it with that cap space that becomes available once things get back to normal, once we see some movement. But, you know, the, I think the latest estimates was three years or something, the estimate. Oh, it's a, it's a while. Move the cap, which yeah. is, you know, puts a huge wrench in, in so many teams' plans. Maple Leafs, you know, Lightning, any any team, Vegas team that's playing up against the cap these are the last couple of seasons. So it, it's going to make for – they're going to be interesting to watch on and off the ice for over the next few seasons to see – you know, how they 
how they navigate these waters. And, and you got to think it's, it's a pretty exciting position for like Ron Francis or, or, you know, anyone who works for that team to be in, to have that blank slate that, and, and these advantageous rules that weren't afforded to the, um, weren't afforded to the teams back then, uh, back in the nineties, say that that came out in expansion. Cause if you look at, um, there was a really interesting article that somebody did a redraft of the Ottawa Senators and Tampa Bay Lightning 92 or whatever it was expansion year. I think it was down goes Brown and someone else. And they used, they tried to see if they could get a better deal, like get a better team out of using the current rules. And they still put together like an abysmal team, which was interesting and maybe something that's more reflective of what the talent level was like of the league in the early 90s as opposed to what it is right that's now. That's a fun exercise. Yeah, it's it's worth a read. Another athletic article for those of you that subscribe. So if you can dig that one up, check cool. that out as yeah, well. Dude, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they're they're going to be, I don't know, like they got, they might come out of the gate with the best kits in the league. Mm-hmm. like having the that that color scheme like right off the get-go i was considering getting a jersey for kirsty from china mm. <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean maybe, maybe it'd be a women's jersey probably no name on it yeah. like just probably a nice little cheap replica or something off the website like yeah. support the team but like they're uh I, I love what they got going on i like the kit i think yeah i yeah, think they're gonna a, i think they're gonna look super good it's there. a great uh, color scheme, and I'm glad they're in the realm of that uh, that Mariners color scheme, right? right. The teal and the the navy blue. I think that's I think that's a sharp combo. And I guess speaking of teal, I, I got another look recently just in my timeline of those um, sharks uh, reverse retros where they brought back the teal oh, 90s. Yeah. Man, they got to go back to those. Like I the agree. old logo, the I Owen like, Nolans. Yeah, the Owen Nolan era <laughs> sharks jersey. I'm a huge fan, and and I I, agree. I, I I would love to see them go back to that full time. I agree. Uh, where are we at here? I think we're probably done, but I guess so. We're probably about two bucks in, eh? Two bucks, almost exactly. Yeah, I guess so. There's, uh, I guess, a few other things we didn't get into, but we'll have uh, many more shows to come. Uh, we'll do our best, I guess, to tee up the season. We probably have a few other notes from the off season. Hit some leaf stuff with Mr. Luke Fox next week, and uh, yeah, we'll take it from there and just kind of keep on rolling into the season here as yeah, best dude, we can for next, you. Next week, we're, we're, we're back on the ice. We're back on the ice next week. We'll talk about the Hyman departure, the Anderson departure, the Leafs' new pickups. Like you mentioned, we'll talk to Luke Fox about all of that. We'll probably go around the league a little bit too and talk about some notable signings and some subtractions and additions. But next week, for sure, mostly hockey, little bit of banter. Less vaccination uh, yeah, none talk. Yeah, of that. COVID's over here. Less talk about the band. Although, you know, if we end up having another gig and I have a good story, you know. Yeah, if you're having more crazy party, party stories there, then we'll be interested in those. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, listen, thanks a lot for tuning in once again here. Pucks and Deep Podcast, episode 84. Follow us on Twitter. Myself, Josh Coleman, at Coleman42. My co-host, Lesko Adam, at Lesko Adam, right? You got it. Yeah. And the station at PuckPod on Twitter. Uh, we are on Facebook as well. Pucks and Deep Podcast on Facebook. And uh, I'm not too sure what our plans are, Lesko, in terms of video uh, recordings, but I did have a fantastic time doing those. And we ended up putting out some pretty sharp looking content. Like it wasn't bad what we produced. So I we don't to, do anything bad. Yeah, maybe an opening, maybe an opening night. 
Yeah, we can fire up. What do you want to fire up another live, live show? Yeah. yeah, we'll see what we can do. All right, well, we'll see you guys again next week. That's a wrap, Pucks and Deep Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.